background. Uh, that would be me. I'll have to meet myself every now and then. As can't, you do. Can't they leave? <laughs> can't they no. leave? Can't they just Sorry. leave and get away it's, from you? I mean, I could use my headset that doesn't work as well and hide in my room. It'd probably be a little bit quieter. But it wouldn't um, have a good, it doesn't have a camera or anything. No, it's okay. No, I'd rather see your pretty face, but can't you get them to respect your space and tell them to get the fuck out of there? Yeah. It doesn't work well, like that. I don't that. think that works that way. No. It work. Oh, it works that way for me. Mm. Hey, Calista, go to your office and set up your camera and do your D&D &D in there. Such See, a, it worked. Such a boomer mentality. <laughs> Take those kids off the grass. They're interrupting our D&D &D game. <laughs> I didn't I realize that's how room. boomers worked. <laughs> Oh, man. And she's back in here now because she's got to get her dice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We changed everything up. Well, because last night we talked about um, potentially having uh, the rest of us still in studio and only piping in Ivar. Oh. So I'd left my dice in there. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. You're Screwed fine. Screwed everything up. You did well, not no, because Willis, Willis said that she was having a, uh, a bit of a crud attack as well. So yeah, it's always good timing. We are uh. adaptable. Everything is okay. <sighs> yes. And then we made dinner at the last minute. Yeah. It's very yummy. I made a strawberry crab salad. It sounds actually pretty good, but I had top ramen. Of course you did. You're back in college. Yeah. I just don't feel good. I don't know what to eat. Why are you in college, Bivar? Why are you never in college? Because he, he, he's eating Top Ramen. Is that like regression? No, it's being sick and not wanting to eat anything that except yeah. some bland stuff. Well, you know what I like when I'm sick? Um, you get you do the Top Ramen, but mm -hmm. you put in an egg and some vegetables in it, and mm -hmm. uh, and it tastes really good, like the frozen mixed veggies. Mm-hmm. And then you um, crack a hard decided. you crack a. You crack an egg inside of it, and then once it's done, you lay a piece of cheese on top of it. Yeah, oh my gosh, okay. it's so good. You lost me on that. <laughs> or You don't have or, to do the cheese if you don't want the cheese. Or you eat it dry, like crackers. No. No. Yeah. No. You know, like no. crackers, because you have an upset stomach. You know, you, you break it up and you just eat the dry noodles. No. Yeah. They're so bad for you. Then they expand in your stomach you. and kill you. Everything's yeah. bad for you. That's just the nature of the beast. If you're going to no, die of something, you might as well do what you mostly want. Mostly because they... Yeah, our food is probably... Uh, there's a high likelihood that our food is causing us to have Swiss cheese brains by the time we are in 30s to 50s, so, you know. Hey, really? hey. Shut up. Yeah, hey. I can tell you about it, but, you know, I don't want to get out on the FBI. Wait a minute, what'd you say? I probably already am. I, w I play 
I look up stuff on D for D and D, and it looks really bad, like poisons. <laughs> you're funny. I don't think you're on a watch list. Yeah, young people never think they're gonna get stuff. It's like, oh, when you're fifty, you're gonna die. You're so old. No, I think I already have stuff. Hmm. That's another like, thing. Everybody thinks they have deadly diseases that they don't have because of M, of WebMD. I got a cough. It's cancer. Hey, I'm a hypochondriac, <laughs> no, a, but at least I know it. At least you're an honest My head hypochondriac. Hurts. My head hurts. I got a brain tumor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you're from Jersey? Oh, brain tumor. <laughs> I do my very best to ignore my hypochondriacness. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Because it's like, I, I know I, that I... I deny your paranoia, and I subsidize it with my OCD. There, yeah, there's that too. I have... I, I do not have a disorder. Paradox goes, but if I'm you're going to eat ramen dry like crackers, don't forget to sprinkle the powder on it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you guys... Yeah. You, you gotta sprinkle the powder, sprinkle on, the powder it. on it. Of course. I mean, it's like, that was the favorite snack in elementary school. If you ever want to see a cool uh, YouTube place, go to like prison snacks, and it shows you how to do all make all that stuff into cool snacks. Like if you're in prison, <laughs> that just put the darkest cloud over my head. Oh. What are you even talking about, Ivar? I don't yeah, like know. Cool. My mind went kind of blank there for a second. Yeah, they they teach you how to like make different kind of foods out of other kind of foods. How about taking a class on how not to get into prison? Well, that's no fun. Or worst prison recipes. Jailhouse tamales. Yeah, jailhouse tamales is a good. Corn chips and a bag of spicy hot Cheetos, Doritos, or any other spicy chip can also be substituted. Yeah. Oh my God. Prison lattes, pad thai, prison pizza. There you go. No baked cheesecake. Of course, Callista can't resist going to the to the link. <laughs> you're gonna make it. I know you're gonna make one of them. Hey, you don't need to be. It doesn't need to be prison food to make no baked cheesecake. That stuff's pretty good. You don't know me. Yeah. Yeah, but you it is a. Me. It is when you only get get the stuff that you can get in prison, from oh, the commissary. Okay. Wait, commissary is something from the military, isn't it? It's from prison too. It's where you can go buy <laughs> ramen right. and. Different stuff. Roman, chips and ramen. ramen loaf is prison food. It's like meatloaf yeah. with ramen. Yeah. Prison lattes. Yeah. Well, you know you put a bunch you of crackers in meatloaf anyway, so it doesn't surprise me. You run water under you run milk under hot water until the water starts steaming, and then you add three teaspoons of instant coffee along with a maple syrup packet from breakfast. Mm -hmm. Serve hot. Yeah, there you go. Boom! Prison latte. <laughs> Terrifying. I don't know why, but this conversation is definitely reminding me of the food that they had in um, that Sword Art Online where they were experimenting with flavors in the virtual world. Oh. It's like, we learned how to make soy sauce. And it's like, you know... <laughs> With all this weird ingredients. Okay. I've learned how to make soy sauce from the blood of my enemies. Pad yeah. Thai. Basically. Using cooked ramen noodles, just add some peanut butter and hot sauce. Yep. It's a quick and easy reproduction of Pad Thai. 
Mm-hmm. Boom. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't, no. I don't think so. But yeah, because no. that they use peanut <laughs> sauce, so it just substitutes peanut sauce, man. You know, right, but I don't like hot sauce. But see, here's the deal: when you're in prison, that's the closest you're gonna get. So you think it's like that. Ta- that's what it tastes like. You don't. You forget what pad thai really tastes like. Well, that's true. As far as your memory is going to be, it tastes like peanut butter. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. These recipes are a lot like the depression foods, too. Yeah. What, when you're depressed, you eat bad food? No, like in the depression era, you didn't really have much to work with, and you just worked with what you had. Take a cardboard box, wet it, make it into a hot dog, and eat it. (laughs) Basically, yes. We've got a cookbook around here somewhere, and it's kind of And on that note... Break down into a conversation about prison food. <laughs> hey, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> and as you can all tell, we're looking a little different tonight because, well, we've got some sickos. I don't Woo-hoo. mean like mentally ill, although Ivar is still questionable. Um, Both mentally and physically yeah. ill. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we've we've got a four-month-old who's. Only a few weeks away from being a five-month-old, if you can believe that. Yay! Um, and we yep. want to keep him uh, safe from the, uh, the the bugs and the cruds that are flying around these days. So the group decided to take today off and make it fully remote. And we'll be back to normal, hopefully, next Monday when uh, Ivar finishes his bottle of Geritol and wears his... Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, his viral socks, and, you know, and, and he wears his uh, support socks and his back brace and his neck brace and his uh, sprays himself with wish. the. <laughs> I can't believe Thea's, I mean, Thea's at home and on her camera. It's so strange that she's. You told I wish Titan Survival was still alive. That would be so cool if it was still alive. I mean, I enjoy it because I can audio listen to it, you know, so I don't have to worry about missing things except for when you guys, you know, do your little uh, chat sessions. Um, uh, but you know, I do miss your faces. I definitely miss your faces. I don't think right, I ever so, had my face. I think I showed the group my face once. So happy Monday, everybody! Thank you for joining us for another session of Pike's Promise. Uh, I believe, I believe we're on session nine tonight. Uh, we took a couple week break there as people were uh, uh, doing trips and making trips, and uh, we decided to have um, the end of May and beginning of June be our little summer break. Um, we also. Yeah, Uh, we also brought back our Sunday night game as Vince is now uh, guiding us through the 1980s of um, Greyhawk, um, and uh, (laughs) including all the uh, like bad tech of the 1980s, and 
we were like dropping, we were dropping 1980s references like crazy last night. It was fucking awesome. It was so much fun. Like the and I got three levels in Warlock awesome. because I decided to be you know that creepy dude that walks away and does something. I get to play Ivar. You're the kid in the trench coat. Yes. Trench coat I mafia. Kid. I am the kid in the trench coat. He's not a kid in a trench coat. He's two halflings in a trench coat. Yeah. Oh. Three cobalts. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can see, everybody, we are online tonight. But hey, check out our schedule. Uh, Monday night, Pike's <coughs> Promise. Tuesday night, Denizens and their masters. They'll be coming back from their break as well. And we'll be playing tomorrow night, as far as I can tell. Uh, my son started his new job over at Disney, and guess what, folks? He's already bored. Uh, so welcome Aww. to the working world, my elderly, my older elderly boy child, man child, or but whatever they're referring to. he's working for Disney, and Disney he owns is. everything. He's in good hands. He is in good hands. Yeah. Cradle to death. Cradle till death is the corporate moniker there. That's right. Um, um, we I make you into mulch doing... and spread you out. I've not really had a lot of time to do creation sessions. I normally try to do those on Wednesdays. I may try again uh, this week since I do have five new tables that have recently opened, and I do need to do some uh, writing and some creation sessions as well. Uh, Friday one-shots, the first Friday of every month, are going to go on hiatus for the foreseeable future as my schedule has gotten too busy to be able to do that. But we may do... Um, just special one shots in the future when I do have the time I'll announce it, get it out to the chat and whoever can join just joins and if you've never experienced one of our one shots I highly recommend you come watch us or participate if you're a member of our discord um, we either run a level 10 15 or 20 um, then you bring the character of your choice you run the one shot, it's very meta it's designed as a teaching session to help people learn about D&D mechanics, the opportunity to play levels of characters that maybe you never did before. Um, and then Saturday, Grain lands over at the D&D Club. Uh, Sunday uh, afternoon at noon, uh, P uh, Pacific Standard Time, is um, new, what do we call it? New uh, Greyhawk Vice? New Vice Greyhawk? Greyhawk? New Greyhawk Vice. New Greyhawk Vice. <laughs> it's modeled after Miami Vice. It's even got some really, 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 really cool shit. In fact... Let me let me do something here really quick. I'm going to add the video clip. Go to the download file. Um, there it is. Let me add it really quick, and I'll share it with you guys. My character done. My character. As soon as I show you the video clip for the new Sunday game, we will roll a D1000 for each of the categories as we bid farewell to our giveaway category. As this will be our final uh, giveaway for the foreseeable future. Wow. Uh, we may retool some things and do something new, but um, I'm glad Paradox is joining us because I do plan on having a conversation with him about his artwork. Um, so we may do some other creative things and other creative ways to get folks um, involved. Um, the whole point of the TTRPG Academy uh, really is to teach, learn, play. Um, we're almost up to 400 members within the Discord. We're getting there. Um, we have a lot of games being run. In fact, um, I believe Walking Dead is being run right now in Steven's game. Uh, we have Ian's Driving Rain. We have Titan's Revival on Tuesday. Um, so we're always... We had a Heroes game going and a Star Wars game going. But as always, it's very difficult to get games going. And sometimes schedules clash and things happen. Uh, but hey, take a look at the promo 
for our Sunday game. And then when we come back, we're going to do our giveaway. We'll be back in a second, folks. I gotta wait for it to finish. There, That's finish. awesome. Nice, <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my so god, I gotta fun. see that. Are you guys on? I gotta watch. I gotta watch some back ones. Sunday nights. We only. Yeah, it was our, yesterday. Our premiere was yesterday. Uh, it's supposed to run the summer, and then when Debtor's Gambit comes back in the fall, we'll be playing the second season of Debtor's Gambit in the wonderful land of the Fae. Um, more importantly near the area of a crossover between Faye and Shadowfell as the owner and proprietor of a special castle in the midst of an area called Bunrovia will be the theme of our second season of Debtor's Gambit. We'll see where that takes us. But um, who wants to roll tonight? Um, Callista? What's going on? Yeah, so start off with monthly... Start off with the monthly dice giveaway, if you would, please. Let's see who our winner is. I, there. I only, I only did for me. I only did the T-shirt, and I rolled uh, as an you 85. always do. Yep. No. An eighty-five. Eighty-five. Well, I'll roll T-shirts. You roll. Okay. For the others. So it's exclamation point R one D one thousand. All right, dice giveaway first. Ready. No. Okay, go ahead. 830. 830. Let me go ahead and move on to the next one. Uh, so far, right. Cora slash Winksy is closest. Um, nope, Primus with 843. So far, he looks to be the possible winner. Oh, jeez. Um, 849 for a miniature. 845 for Kai. That's two, uh, that's two over than the closest. Um, yeah. Looks like Primus wow. is the winner for the dice. So at Primus. Um, um, why is that not coming up? Never heard the word new album. Huh. I'm wondering if Primus left the. Oh no, there he is. He's on Do Not Disturb. That's why it was not coming up. Um, congrats on the win. Oh, Primus is our winner for dice. Uh, miniature giveaway. Do that one next. I rolled a uh, eight. Eight seven. seven yeah, I'm nine. sensing a theme, my love. I'm sensing a theme. Um, eight seventy nine for the miniature giveaway. Um, so far, no one in the eight hundreds. Whoever's in the eight hundreds will be our winner. Uh, Kevin Bryant, eight seventy four. That is our closest. So Kevin Bryant is our miniature winner, which is the Crystal Peaks Camp miniature set. So nice. I'll note that at Kevin Bryant. Congrats on the win. Hey, Kevin. Um, and let's see. Our book giveaway arena has rolled a 317. 
I love how you roll a 317 and both Ale and Steven are in the 800s. That's that's hysterical. Um, so let's see who our winner is here. Anybody in the 300s yet? Uh, stay Frosty Starboy so far. Um, he may be our winner. I'm not seeing. Yep. Stay Frosty Starboy. High 200s. Are there anyone in the high 200s? Um, don't think so. There's a 275. What uh, was the number that Stay Frosty got? 345. So that's like 20. This is 275? Yeah, that's still. Um, he's within 28, and that one's more than 30. So he is. More than 30. Yeah, yeah he is at our. So at Stay Frosty Starboy. Congrats. On the win. All right, and now T-shirt. Now I will roll. I rolled an eighty-five. I mean, for me, I rolled an eighty-five. What are you rolling for the T-shirt? What are you rolling for the T-shirt? What is it? I'm what getting is it? there. Is I'm it getting there. Is it eighty-five? It is seven sixty-six. Well, you're close. Um, Chav Hunter is our closest so far. Uh, still closer, closer than closer. Still closer than Percy. Um, Percy with a seven sixteen. Um, I'm looking. Uh, Dolly got a 7.22. Uh, no, Crusader 4C got 7.58. That is our winner. So at Crusader 4C, congrats on the win. And that will finish our giveaway. This will be turned into private channels within the next 48 hours after I contact everybody. And then the giveaways will be going bye-bye, and we will be doing something different in the near future. But summer, transition from spring to summer is always a time of change. And, you know, change is good. Change Very. is necessary. However, with that, that concludes all of our aforementioned uh, pre-gaming activities. And if you haven't experienced Pike's Promise yet, um, a couple things to get caught up since we did take some breaks. Pike's Promise takes place in Exandria on the continent of Isilra, within the kingdom of Othansia, the great frontier of the old pre-Calamity zone that was fractured after the fall of Vecna, lay, um, lay uh, hidden and un, uh, un, unexplored for many, many decades, if not almost two centuries. Pike being the last of the legendary crew that is still living has been made a Don Marshal within Vasselheim. Pike's promise is her promise to her friends and the world to never allow a Vecna-like situation to ever happen again. So now the theology has been augmented by guild houses, grand family houses that struggle for power and influence within the Othensian kingdom. But a great period of migration from Taldori, Wildmont, um, and the um, and Marquesia is offering new opportunities of expansion, new families, new wealth that are beginning to shift the balance of both struggle and power uh, within um, the kingdom of Othansia. As they begin to deal with mass migrations, mass influx of new uh, new individuals as well as an unexplored vast territory of Isilra that no one has spent any time in a great deal of years if not centuries as well 
This being the oldest pre-Calamity landmass and Vasselheim, its capital known as the Dawn City, the site of one of the greatest conflicts that nearly destroyed the entire world with the failed attempt of ascension of Vecna. This mass unexplored territory is our setting for this campaign known as Pike's Promise. We have deviated from the normal rules. We are using 5E as a basis of mechanics, but essentially the players are writing their story. The players are the main narrative and skill checks, skills, abilities. We no longer use levels. We only use milestones for opportunities to increase abilities, introduce new feats, um, or even custom make our own interpretation of what the uh, players may have learned or uh, gained in um, the period of time that they've explored this particular part of Alexandria. Uh, we are not using classes or subclasses. Basically, the lineage is the story and the narrative background that these three players have created. And yes, we are still looking for more players, but it is a live studio game. So you've got to be located within Southern California and within an hour or 45 minutes of Hemet, Heme, as they say in the um, upper districts of the they really Quadrant Ward. Um, Do they really call well, it that? Sometimes. They don't call it that. <laughs> Do you call it Tarjay or Walmay? No, it's Hemet. <laughs> and the evil place from which we do not speak. <laughs> these are these are these are basic things. Uh, to get you caught up on our campaign, such tonight is session nine. Um, the team currently work for the Azure Hammer. They have just come off their six-month rotation on the frontier of the Devil's Grin. The Great Ravine that newly fractured Isleros continent and um, kept a huge portion of the continent um, hidden and unexplored for two centuries. Until recently, the Devil's Grin span, a great bridge was completed, offering both um, very rich, influential families and guilds to begin the process of exploring this area. Those employed by guilds tend to work under contract at the end of their rotation, they make their way back to Vasselheim and either renegotiate those contracts with the existing guilds they're with or find new opportunities, new opportunities of wealth and families that may pay the highest coin for either new resources, new information or new land to be grabbed. But currently, the Vasselheim Don Marshals are in charge of the Devil's Span, this great bridge that allows people to either enter or exit the unknown territories on the other side of the ravine. Hence, keeping a measure of control over those that are migrating as it is still unknown as to what other civilizations, societies, or strange things that might be waiting on the other side. A team traveled to one of the central fortress uh, uh, towns to gather with the caravan that would be making its way back into the central highlands of Othansia then eventually back up to the Dawn City, taking all of those off their six-month rotation back up to Vasselheim while bringing in new individuals to fulfill the requirements of frontier work. However, our team was a bit distracted as a strange creature that seems to be insect in appearance can attach itself to the brains of unsuspecting individuals and these individuals creatures monsters whatever may be subject to this influence 
became to act almost like in a hive mind accordance. They struggled with quite a few encounters with these creatures until finally, in the climax of understanding the threat of these creatures, they were allowed to take a small group with them to the mines outside of, um, good Lord, my notes don't have this. Uh, what was the town that you guys were in when you were at the uh, land surveyor Luga? shop? Luga. The mines on the outside of Luga offered up a ruin. And what we discovered was an ancient, possibly space-faring vehicle that was found. Um, after confronting the creature that tried to um, prevent the uh, release of the individual trapped in the amber stone of the central chamber, the team freed the wizard managed to flee before the entire area was cratered by the fission reactor's destruction. And where we last left off, our team was in the abandoned town of Luga in the land surveyor's office, where they have um, settled in for the long rest, uh, discovered a new local map that allows them to better understand what is um, nearest them within this particular region. And with that, your long rest is concluded. Yes, Willa. I broke down a person, and I don't remember who they are. Brenda von Zadash, or Zed uh, Brecht von Zadash. Oh, Brecht. I put Brenda. Oh. Here, the wizard that you saved, um, uh -huh. uh, Trando von Krieg, um, the leader of the Golden Raven during his time, uh -huh. was Brecht von Zadash. Got the wizard it. that you saved was Trendo Van Creek. Yeah, I was like wondering why I wrote down that name, but it must have been important. <laughs> so with that, let me set up the new map for you. <coughs> Frank, oops, that would be the wrong one. I go to Maine. Give you guys a brief look at your map better idea of where you are I normally do not have this set up for online play so I, a lot of this I had to do at the last minute thank you you're welcome well I do love this game <coughs> it is a fun game. Yeah, okay. I didn't. I didn't want to go another so we, week. No, this is three hours of running a previous game, running seven hours of, or being in a game for four hours yesterday, running another three-hour game Sunday night, and knowing that I've got six more hours of game to run tomorrow. No, this is my normal doing way too much talking. So, with that it is early morning in the town of Luga. All of you awake are awakened by the last person on watch. The, I believe you've lost your mounts, correct? Those are gone. Uh, yeah, hmm. they ran off. No, I thought we found them. Uh, we found them eating I something. Have, we found the ice raptors and headed to Luga. Oh, that's no. right. You found, you, you, you managed to wrangle three ice raptors. Or no, four, because the wizard four. is on Four, we had one, one extra. Yeah, well, no, right. I thought we had one extra. I so we had five? Then you must have had five. I will add that to my notes. So with the ice raptors safely in the um, entry chamber of the land surveyor's office, all of you awake 
in the morning. Um, there is a slight spring storm that has rolled in, a drizzle, a heavy overcast. And when you wake, you find um, the wizard. You find um, Von Krieg kind of like pouring over some of the maps that were found the previous night, including the one that is currently displayed. <coughs> the current location that you guys are in is Ooh, up I've in the very northern edges of the map where it says Luga, the ice granite fields off to your um, east, and there is the Sheheath off to your west, the um, the wait, no, I might have it in reverse. North, no, east, yeah. So the Sheheath, where you remember you originally dropped um, uh, stayed for a bit before heading deeper into the highlands, going up north towards Luga, and then somewhere out east, you could see uh, the Galwick, um, uh, you can see the Galwick village as well. It's early morning. What would you guys like to do? Well, we need to get back to our caravan, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's been they may have left without us left? already. Yeah. yeah, they may have. Um, you guys are currently on day three, I believe. Away from them? I think so. Correct. It was a day's hard travel to get to the mines. Um, you are on foot for a little bit after the mines. And then at the tail end of day two, when you recovered the raptors, you are now on the morning of day three since you've left. And you guys were originally in Galwick, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, we were all the way. Yeah, we were in yeah, Galwick. Galwick. Yeah. And they were going to stay there for another day or something. I don't remember. They were going to mm-hmm. stay there for a couple more days. Yeah. Hold on. I'm looking because I got it written down. I'm sure. We left evening of day 10. No. Ooh, I hear my son. Mm, no. no. No, that's a grown-up cry. I think Bash. that's one of Willa's people. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, Bash. Hey, uh, uh, Carolyn, when you get a chance, you should have a noise cancellation setting on the StreamYard um, audio. That should help with your background noise. Because there is a slight like Humming. hum and buzz coming through your microphone. Where can I find that? I believe I mean, settings you go, audio. Yep. Look at you already found it. No, well, I'm looking for the noise suppression. That's what I'm looking it, for. Oh, echo, echo cancellation? Yeah, that should help. Oh yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Can't hear you, better? but it, it Yeah, oh much better. Yeah, yeah. super. Better? Okay. Yeah, cool. thank you. Mm-mm-mm. You are welcome. I just, you know, I'm good at technology as long as I'm held by the hand and walked through it. <laughs> mm. Sounds like me. <laughs> so and I was wondering, I have... where did you three come from again? I'm looking over this map, and I think you mentioned you came from Galwick, yes? Uh, that is correct. Where is my map? We were from the hayfield. We are heading... Back to Zadash. Or no, Vasselheim. Vasselheim. Yeah. We are heading back <clears throat> to Vasselheim. To... We were at Galwick we have... when we left our 
traveling caravan to investigate the source of your living nightmare. Oh, I, I see. Is that so? I am the one responsible for, the, for, for what happens then? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Not to place blame as you were asleep in your own mind. No. But because things happened. The, the, the machine that, that kept you, it's what, you know, manifested the creatures. It just used you to manifest the creatures. You were ah. just a tool that it used. It could have been anyone. It's not your fault. It could have been anyone. Well, it's good to know that I was the only tool to be used. So what are the plans? I I don't know many of these names. These places are so unfamiliar. I do understand the town known as Gawit, but that was a cattle town at, during my time. Um, it has grown since uh, then. Luga was a military outpost, I believe. I do not know what this Sheheath is. This is uh, quite a large town. Is there town. anything on there that you do know? I, I d many things here look unfamiliar to me. I'm familiar with the ice granite fields. Um, a great crater lies out there. I do recall that. I don't know what the glass caverns are or the observatory. Um, I believe we came from the iron mines, correct? The rune we can assume mm -hmm. that that area is completely displaced and now destroyed. They have been renamed to the, if I'm on the right page of my notes, they were named, renamed to the Bawik Mines. Ah, um, strange. Oh, no, I am mistaken. The iron mines are east directly of Luga. The, the mines that you speak of are north and off the map of Luga. That is mm. my mistake. We are further down south um, of the region. That, of course. That, that is why I'm a bit confused. I, I apologize. I wonder what the Arch View is. That is intriguing. Don't know that, that name. But anyways, um, if you choose not to escort me any further, I can go my own way. And you can go your own way as well. I thought I would journey to Sheheath and see what the old frontier was like. Um, based on the stories that you were telling me, it sounds like the ravine has been opened and there is much going on in the area that your notes here say that you call the Devil's Glen, I believe is what it is called. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on that way. Um, maybe we should take you to a town first before you head. It's a it's a hard ride that way. I well, I mean, I feel like I can. I mean, did, we have I, to I, return. We have to return the ice raptors. Well, well, yes, I, 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 I get your point. Um, um, I don't want to be rude, sir, or... Was it dopey? What I would like you to do is come with us. See, you are part of a group, and you've been a gone for a very long time. Don't you think you should touch bases before going out into the world? I would 
definitely I, like you to come along as a witness to what has occurred as well. He seems a little nervous about that part of the conversation and kind of quickly, I, 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 I think it's better that I get a, um, a better feel as to how things have changed before I go back to the big city. Um, I, and he just kind of puts his head down and starts kind of looking over the map. <clears throat> Suspicious. Can I do an insight check? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Insight check. Oh. Yeah, look at that. Let's see if I can find a dice and roll better than a one, which is what I was doing yesterday. I rolled like three ones yesterday. Ooh, 17. 17 is good. Oh, but I'm supposed to roll two because I have uh, a, a insight. Oh, that was a three. That one sucked. Okay, insight. Uh, <laughs> 20. What'd you get, Jade? 20. Uh, I'm rolling. I got a 19. Okay. Um, Jerry, what are you doing with this conversation kind of playing out? Are you doing anything right now? or? Oh, I'm just watching what's going on. Okay. Give me a perception check as a base as you're just kind of keeping an eye on things. He should totally... Both Jade and Will, you get the feeling that he's definitely nervous. He obviously is not interested in going directly back to um, Vasselheim or any of the major cities within the fancy, although they're aren't many as far as you know. I mean, there are some coastal cities, but for the most part, you get the feeling he's trying to avoid going back to Vasselheim. Can we figure out why? I got a 21. 21 on your perception? Okay. Well, you don't have to go to Vasselheim. Let's just go back to Gawick with us. That's where we have to take the ice raptors, and then you can get a horse from there. It would be nice to have a witness to what has occurred in case there is difficulties. There's a witness. And we lost quite a few people and ice raptors. Yeah. I, uh, um, somebody give me a persuasion check. Please not me. <laughs> oh, geez. Am I good at persuasion? No. No. I'm really bad at persuasion. I'm going to try it. I'm okay. going to try it. Ten. Ten. I think it would be better if I not go further east. I, well, my problems should not be your problems. You have saved me from what I was involved in. I do not see a reason why they should not believe what you say. Um, They certainly would not have sent you so far to do so much good without believing in confidence of yourselves. I... I just would prefer to stay out here on the frontiers for now. Okay. How many people did we actually lose? I know we left, lost three on the way. Um, we lost how many at the no, actual we lost mines? two on the way. And we lost, lost everyone. Two on the way the and then the other five at the crater. Why were you sent there? I was part of an expeditionary force that was... I was part of an expeditionary force that was... Um, designated to do some investigations of the mines. Um, we were attempting to find the arcana, arcane energy source that was discovered in those mines some time ago in regards to mm. having similar properties as the element known as broomstone. Oh, okay. Did I get well, anything I on my, ins- about- on my pers- per- um, pers- not persuasion? On my uh, perception. Perception. 
Um, <clears throat> I would say with that perception check, you can't help but notice he seems to have a nervous tick. Like his right hand is constantly tapping his thigh. It never stops. Um... Let's see. Well, I just I just feel bad, you know, having you go on foot because we have to take the ice raptors back. I'm fine. I I could certainly find my way to a nearby farm or hamlet and possibly negotiate. No, they all got eaten. Well, certainly not all of them. I mean, Shayheath is only maybe two, three days by foot. I, I, I think I'd be okay. Okay. Um, let me look up Detect Thoughts, because I might want to do a Detect Thoughts on him. Okay. Just to make sure he's not uh, of alien origin now or something <laughs> happened to him. You should totally do Detect Thoughts. Um, I don't feel comfortable leaving him the way he is. Oh, aren't you like, a I mean, we, person? No, I mean, like, we, we released this guy from the mines. We don't know anything about him. He could be an evil entity for all we know. He's very... Well, basically, yeah. Could have been. Are you, don't saying, know. Could are you saying that out kidding. loud? Or no. Are you? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, it's Vecna. He's come back. Um, oh could be totally timeline. Jeez. He could be a worshiper. You could read certain thoughts. Um, until the spell ends, focus on the mind of the creature. See within 30 feet. The creature has intelligence. Oh, okay. Initially, learn this the surface the thoughts dad. of the creature. Most on its the what's most on its mind at the moment. As an action, you can uh, shift your attention to another creature's thoughts. Okay. Um, uh, probe, if I probe deeper, the target must make a wisdom saving throw. If it fails. Uh, you gain insight into the reasoning of its emotional state or something that looms large in its mind. So, right now he seems busy just kind of finding spare items lying around the survey office. Mm -hmm. or the, you know, the survey... Uh, the, I'll, the map I'll do survey detect thoughts on him in. to see what he's what's most on his mind right now. Yeah. Are you doing surface thoughts? Surface. Just starters? surface it for right now. Okay. So... Well, Jade and Willa, you're kind of doing your own thing in the background. Um, Jerry, you kind of slip into that kind of passive concentration that you find yourself in. The whole time he's looking for gear and he's kind of like in the process of making a travel backpack that, that could sustain him. Um, you notice that some equipment was left here in a hurry from the previous folks that you traveled with up into the mines. Um, they're... His initial thoughts are one of being in a hurry. There's a sense of fear about going back into like the major areas of Athensia, a sense that um, that being with you could expose him to people that maybe he's trying to avoid. There's just this constant kind of nervousness, uh, keep busy. And the whole time... Um, that nervous tick on his thigh of his hand, kind of his fingers tapping his thigh. It's almost as if he's using it as kind of like a mantra or a kind of like, um, uh, like you can hear over and over 
Not today, it's gonna be a good day. Not today, it's gonna be a good day. Not today, it's gonna be a good day. Um, I'm gonna, gonna be a good day. Go ahead and have him make his wisdom saving throw. I want to see if I can get deeper. No. I would uh, like to prepare a tea. That is a 17 plus three, a dirty 20. I'm sure he saved. Okay. You try to go a little deeper. The chant that he's saying gets so loud. It causes your slight connection to rebound and sever. Okay. Can I try and make a tea to calm him down? You certainly can try. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm a creature of herbs. Give me a nature check. Ooh, I got advantage on that one. Yay. Where's my other dice? Ooh, key. That's a uh, a twelve. Um. Now give me performance. Does it have to be performance? Gross. That's a three. Three. You inadvertently mix up a couple of the herbs. He is now high as a kite. He is. Floating through the room, almost like a hummingbird on Wait, he acid. Drank it? Yeah, he oh, drank cool. it. Off, yeah, you offered it to him. He drank it. And, oh, thank you very much. And the next thing you know, he's just like, "Okay, excellent. Okay. He's calm this, now. This is good. This is good." Right? Um, and he's like zipping around the room. He's throwing everything into bags, and he's standing in the doorway. He's like, "Well, thank you very much for saving me. Goodbye." And he kind of like goes out Bye. the door. Bye. Uh... I'm going to go make sure he doesn't take any of the ice raptors. Okay, yeah, I mean, he's in the front area, so he's he, he doesn't. He walks right out the door. Really he goes in the center of Luga. He quickly walks one direction and then comes back, looks around, walks back, looks around, and then, ah, says the road. And he's now following the Shaheath road, or he's following the southern road that will take him to the Shaheath crossroads and then eventually in the direction of the frontier. I'm going to look at Jade. I'm going to be like, I might be biased, but I don't think it's a good idea for him to be left on his own. Well, it's not really, unless we want to hold him against his will, we can't really keep him. He's afraid. Just let him go. Do we, do we want to? He's been a stasis for, I mean, I'm sorry. He's been asleep for, oh, magically asleep for hundreds of years. Imagine what you would want to do. uh, He used the bathroom already. Okay. I mean, if I was asleep for hundreds of years, the first thing I'd have to do is go pee. Well, I don't think he was asleep that long. Well, what, 80 years? It was like 80 years, something like that, right? 40? No, it was, it was like more than 40. 80. It was like, I think it was like 40 years. That okay, was 40. It's like, yeah. Everyone you know is dead. I mean, time is always a difficult thing for you. Anyways, 49 Jerry, years. Like, yeah, I mean, for you, for you, Jerry, the, the whole time thing's a bit weird. The, so. the light ball's gone around the... Gone, uh, gone down and up <laughs> a certain amount of times, and that's that's how many, that's how many time. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. Vince, for this for the uh, gift subscriptions, man. I really appreciate it. Woo-woo. 
Okay. Oh, nice. Damn it. That means he's beat me. Yep, he is. <sighs> By the way, Vince is our now Sunday storyteller for <sighs> our new Greyhawk Vice. Bastard. And he is. If we could just get him to sit normally in front of the camera, it'd be fucking awesome. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is he jumping around a lot? No, he leans in and does a lot of low growls. Oh. So it's like a lot of it is just his forehead. <laughs> Who's playing Crockett and Tubbs? Hey, Jerry. Yeah. You totally probed that guy, right? Um, when yes. he was asleep? Yeah, he had, to, he had to probe him to find out what was wrong with him. Yeah. So if anybody, uh, so when we're talking about this guy that we found, you can totally bring up his face, right? With your illusion magic. Why would I want to do that? Just in case well, they so need we to can keep show an eye what look. And I look. Who's going to care? Somebody We might. don't know. Somebody might care. I don't trust it. I want to. I want to go to the main city so I can get paid. Yeah, which is what yeah. we will trinkets do. Trinkets that I can use to get other trinkets. Well, that's what we're doing. We're going to the main city so we can get paid. Now okay. let's uh, head back to. Gawick. We left the caravan in Gawick. Gawick. We might have to catch up with them on the road. Assuming they didn't get devoured by that swarm of beetles that was heading towards the town. No. No, I thought they... Because they all turned to stone, remember? Yeah, they did. But were they? was that before or after? Hard to know. I guess we'll find out. We did hurry and we did rush it, I think. We didn't okay. sleep the day before going. We went the night. Well, we can we can stand here and guess, or we can go there and find out. So getting yeah. to Galwick based on your map, um, between if you take the main travel route by Raptor, you're looking at two days. Um, if you take the Raptors over um, uh, via the forest where the observatory, the glass caverns, and where the ice fields were that you originally crossed through. You could cut that where down we lost, to a day. Where we oh, lost all that. those people? You lost two of the seven there. The other five died at the crater. Yeah, let's I do that. I don't know why I wrote down three then. I wrote down three people and one raptor. Let's, let's do that. Let's, two people and one raptor. Let's just go south, cut through the observatory in the glass fields, and get there. Yeah. The raptors did fine through yeah, the forest yeah, before, and we shouldn't have any more bugs this time. Yeah, yeah. But we'll keep an eye out. It wasn't the bugs that made the forest nervous. What was it? I thought it was the bugs that made the forest nervous. The bugs don't attack trees. Hmm? Some bugs do. It was, well, I mean, yes, my uncle had had bugs. These bugs didn't. <laughs> Your uncle had bugs. <laughs> <laughs> What kind of bugs did your uncle have? Oh, you know, the... Yeah. <laughs> it was really nasty. Bar beetles? Beetles. 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 Bark beetles. Yeah. Well, first he, <laughs> well, first he had termites. We got we, we helped him get rid of those, and then he had the bark beetles. 
So are termites a gateway beetle? I mean, a gateway bug? So <laughs> that he was a lot. He was very holy after that. Yeah. So it, it opened up a pathway yeah. for the yeah. beetles yeah. to go into. Yeah. So termites were a gateway bug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I go into catatonic state. <laughs> Jerry just goes rigid. Jerry. Jerry, last time you did that on the raptor, you fell off. Jerry. Jerry. Are you trying to fall off your raptor, Jerry? Jerry. Jerry. Should we tie him to it? <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> oh, are we strap going? Him, strap him down with the. Fine. Yeah, we can strap you to your raptor if you want to. Are we going? Or are we talking about tree ailments? Yep. <laughs> we can talk about tree ailments as we go. Oh. But if you go catatonic, we may have to strap. What you a to joy! Your okay. Well, well if <laughs> we right, go through the forest, I'll, I will definitely ask when we get there if it's still bad. Yeah, cool. let's let's do that. You. Talk to your trees. Hopefully, we can go through there in the daytime, not the darkness. Um, well, it's daytime, right? I would say your days travel um, uh, up into the observatory and the forested region that you originally like traveled very quickly through. It would be during the the day. You would arrive in Gawick the uh, following afternoon or evening, depending on the pace you're able to maintain. Okay. So with that, you guys saddle up your raptors, gather up whatever kit and gear you can, uh, take your new map, your newfound map that you um, you had discovered, and uh, begin the day journey through the observatory forested region. Um, everybody give me um, survival checks, please, as you start the journey. Hey, Willa, why does that person have to be talking right next to you? Really? It's like you live in a two-story house. You we have live in a one-story house. Oh, well, you have 29 rooms. Um, we have three or four rooms. I don't don't go fuck with my delivery. I got 17. Tell them to go stand outside and talk on their phone. So rude. I got a natty 20 for 22. Nice. What did you get, Jerry? Right? A 17. 17. Willa? Willa? 18. Sorry. 18. 18. So as the three of you on the raptors, with now two raptors in tow, um, uh, you make your way up the ridgeline of the ravine that enters into the side of the forest scape. You actually find a good deal of hunting trails and game trails that kind of guide you a bit through the observatory forest using the marker within the map to kind of guide you at some point about mid morning, you stumble across a kind of large kind of forgotten um, obelisk of stories. It's heavily covered and um, uh, with vines and interior forest growth. Um, you just kind of are in the process of passing it right now. As this marks your kind of like halfway point before coming out on the other side near the glass cavern. I want to stop and look at it. Okay. Take a moment to give the raptors a break. So far, you have come across maybe three or four 
large piles of the stoned, like the bugs that have been turned to stone in, in, in large groupings. Um, no, the forest definitely feels different this time. It doesn't quite feel as gloomy. The light is able to penetrate into the depths of the forest. There's, um, there's less going on. Um, unfortunately, Willa, your background noise is back. That's yes. so weird. I, that's, that's, I keep muting myself. No, gotcha. uh, well, uh, I would like, while he's doing the observing, I would like to plant myself and look. Communicate with the forest, okay? Yes. Uh, Jade, you watch as Jerry kind of drops down off his mount and is approaching the large kind of overgrown obelisk in the center. Uh, Willa, you watch and I are, she are... turns into a tree and kind of plants herself doing plants her herself. commune with nature that she does from time to time. Ivory and I are, are, you know, keeping an eye out and making sure we're not going to get ambushed. Okay. Since she's with you, go ahead and give me perception with advantage. You keep, an, keep your head on a short swivel, looking up and down the available trails in the tree line. There's a slight break in the canopy here because of the old I, abandoned obelisk. I already get perception with advantage. So I get triple advantage. Nice try. Uh, 13. 13. Good to know. Your your Pike's Promise rolls are coming back to haunt you. Um, they really are. <laughs> Jerry, as you approach this stone obelisk, it's maybe 40 feet in square at the base, and it seems to get narrower the taller it gets. And it's heavily covered with vines and an overgrowth of the forested area where um, plants have grown up to the base of it. Some trees have fallen nearby, but there's a bit of an opening, like a, like a, uh, like a, like a clearing around it. Um, grass and flowers are growing nearby. So it is trans, you know, we're getting into the beginning of spring at this point. Um, it appears that there's panel um, etchings at the base Mm-hmm. And in some of the uncovered spots, it's almost as if these um, kind of like hieroglyphic panels are built into the different sides. Um, give me investigation as you kind of focus in on. Investigation. Oh, he he hockeyed his camera. Oh. <laughs> Sorry about that. What did I do? I don't know. You hockeyed something. It. Now your anime is virtual camera. Oh, what the hell? <laughs> did I do? He's the only person I know that could roll a dice and break his camera. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I just don't know. Um, hang on a second. <laughs> what in the hell is going on? Check your camera input on the uh, stream yard. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> God. Let me just close this face. What is going on? I don't know what you did. Oh my god. I can't figure it out. Now I hear myself twice. There's something going on. Go ahead and just shut it all down. Oh, and just my God. Come I'll be back. right back. While, while he, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Take a quick break. Technical difficulty. Yeah, no kidding. I love it. <laughs> so typical of Ivar. Uh, Willa, as you plant uh, yourself into the form, begin to reach out to the nearby forest, you already immediately recognize a couple things. One, that lack of um that lack of life and that lack of like natural environment um that was missing is returned you can see areas of the forest nearby that lack a connection with your kind of existence with your natural existence which you know leads you to believe that these may have been places permanently damaged by whatever form or whatever nefarious nature or, 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 or whatever was there interfering with the forest at some point, but you're kind of bolstered by um, the fact that you can connect once again. And the fact that things change that feel very, very dif- different to you more. I don't want to use the term normal, but at least a little bit more, um, kind of like reticent that the forest might be normalizing. Can I get anything on those obelisks? I mean, the they've been, the trees, the vines that are growing on it, they've been okay, here for a lot longer it. than, you know, I have. What can they say <sighs> about them? Um, the, the kind of like natural vegetation of the space that makes up the area around the obelisk doesn't feel any different than the forest. I mean, and the energy and sense of um, awareness from the section of the forest around the obelisk, you get the feeling that the obelisk has probably been here longer than the forest itself. I got a 19. 19? Um, You begin to recognize that the hieroglyphic panels are uh, a mix of some languages you don't recognize and some that you do. Okay. Um, while some of it seems to be written in like a common or a reference to a common crude form of language, it's almost as if you're kind of reading a tribal representation. And okay. the first panel appears to be like something in regards to the harvest. The next panel feels like a reference to the transition to winter and then the next panel is like a transitional scene of life and maybe moving into the spring. You begin to see kind of like starscapes make up the next set of panels up. The obelisk stands about 20, 30 feet tall and gets narrower and narrower as it gets taller and the panels shrink. But it's with the covered vines and vegetation, it's hard. It's hard to know for sure what the other panels are. This feels very tribal, almost totem-like in nature. Willa? Yes, Jerry? Can you get rid of the vines on this thing so I can read it? I'm going to go like this and have the vines just kind of... She watches the vines shrink away from the obelisk down into the ground and begin to kind of build up in almost like a nest-like material around the base of Willa's transformed feet into the ground. I'm gonna like totally pet them, like oh like a dog, <laughs> <laughs> like petting the vines. Okay, now, now I can all get the a panels. Yeah, all the panels are re- revealed, and 
Go ahead and give me a Arcana check as you okay. examine them a little bit more distinctly. Nineteen. Nineteen. A lot of the iconic symbols that you're seeing feel old and ancient. They seem almost like shamanistic in ritual. This begins to feel more and more like a seasonal totem. And then you eventually come across a, um, a, a tribal name that's referred to as the Rexors. Okay. Do the do the star constellations or anything uh, make sense to me at all? Um, they seem to be representations of a lot of the pantheons related to this world. Oh, okay. One of them's like related to the star field that's known as Ayun. Another one's kind of related to Helm. Um, another one is kind of related to um, uh, Mordecai and. Uh, the Platinum Dragon, Beomut. Um, there is one panel, however, that's completely devoid, blank of any etchings, almost like the totem was unfinished. Okay. Does it seem like, uh, do I see anything about like a great comet coming and making boom boom in the ground? And <laughs> making boom boom. You know how these primitive meatheads think you know. <laughs> that make reference to maybe I mean, the starship it's a lot landing harder or something. to read the panels that are further up because of how far down you are um willa you could... can you make me go up can i sure. get on top of you <laughs> i'm gonna have the the vines grow around him and just kind of lift him I'm up i'm gonna be on you and like, <laughs> and like a, a a fresh vegetable tray of vines kind of forms up underneath your feet, and begins to lift oh. you about you know three quarters of the way up along the surface of the obelisk. Um, okay. And here you kind of pass by the empty panel and begin to see more and more of the panels, and it's more uh, star and constellation representations of all the known pantheons within the known world. But at the very top, the very last panel that makes up the tip of the obelisk, um, there's a great kind of like uh, representation of almost like a teardrop stone with a lot of um, kind of like etched carvings to almost like mimic as if it's glowing or mm -hmm. shining. Um, and then you recognize a tribal representative word called the great tear. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, it, does it look like maybe a ship or a comet entering or like a, no, it looks like an oversized representation of a gemstone. Oh, okay. Hmm. Does it look like it moves or anything? Kind of press on it and kind of rub your hand over it. Um, it feels like it's made from stone. It's like ground, like within the totem representation of the obelisk. Okay. All right. So there's no hidden buttons or anything. Not that you can tell. All right. I'll look at the blank panel. Does it look like it might be a doorway or anything? 
Uh, give me investigation as you kind of study that panel in a little bit more detail. 19... 23. 23. As you kind of touch the edges of it, and then you kind of press on it, as you press, the panel kind of gives way underneath your hand. It goes in. There's a clicking and then a slight grinding noise as the entirety of the obelisk begins to descend into the ground. And as Jerry, what did you do? As it descends into the ground, you watch as the opening left behind, there's a kind of like marble um, uh, snow-covered, ice-covered stairwell that kind of drops into the ground. Oh. Can, can I come down now? Will it bring him down? <laughs> I'm just standing up there and looking at nothing. <laughs> the vines slowly come back in. They slowly... Well, this ground. is interesting, I'm and I tell him what I found. I'm looking down the hole. You're you looking down. Hole, it's right? it's dark. The what's it um, smell like? Um, give me a perception check as you kind of smell the air. It smells and... like cat food and ass. <laughs> Ooh, I got a natty twenty. Nice. Twenty-two. Um, I rolled a twenty and a one. It smells like a yeah. cave. <laughs> <laughs> you. It, at first you feel a cold draft kind of <clears throat> immediately come out like almost like the hermetic seal of the spot once broken there's like a change in the pressure like a change in the air pressure there's uh, the draft comes out it's very almost to the point where it feels like it should be freezing um, and then there's no real distinct smell as it's just this kind of like like um, uh very like kind of like dank smell at first, and if if cold could smell, it smells like cold. You know, it just it it's like good. it just smells like frost and ice. You can even see that the difference between the outside temperature um, and like the interior temperature immediately collides as the drizzle of rain. It's almost like creating like a strange kind of fog um, as the the, the different ambient temperature outside and the internalized cold temperature strike. And with the drizzle, just it's creating this very kind of like wet fog at about a foot in height around the openings. Colder down there than it is up here. Yeah, that's definitely the vibe that you get. Can I see down there? Um, you can, and it's the, it's, there's nothing growing down there, but, your the way you can see there's just a great voided space a stairwell that descends down to about 80 feet and then seems to open up into a large chamber oh i forgot to go see this now based on the obelisk does it did it does this make sense at all based on what was said on the obelisk i mean there wasn't Did really they worship any... like some kind of weird like uh, snow dragon or anything that I need to know about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it feels like a tribal totem. So, okay. from your perspective, give me an insight check of this after what you learned and staring at this. Insight. Not the greatest. 14. 14? 
It's hard to know for sure. The fact that it's a tribal totem in nature tells you this is either a burial site or a preserved, um, maybe a preserved kind of archive of whoever mm. this obelisk represented. Um, it's it's kind of hard to tell. There's not How much down there. How old does it look? Hmm? Um, well, it depends. How much do you share about what you learned? Oh, I tell, her, I tell them all about it. Okay, what about you, Willa, in regards to this was here before the forest was? Do we want to investigate something that's older than the forest, guys? Yes. I want to know what's the down there. The trees cannot tell us anything. The fact that it's on a map and labeled observatory, you get the feeling that somebody has discovered it in the past and maybe named it for the point that it's on. Um, it's described by Willa as something that was here before the forest. And for you, Jade, you get the, this place feels ancient. It feels very really? out of place with the kind of like the way the forest has grown up around it. Let's go. I'm, I'm curious now. Let's see what's down there. Jerry doesn't I get will... curious about much. Yeah, hmm? that's very true. I'll lead the way in uh, my blind sight. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. In case there is something dangerous down there. Yeah, I have dark vision. Good to know. So... I was kidding. So with Willa, in front, with Willa in front and uh, Jade, are you second or third in line? Who's second? I'll be second. I would. Can there's meat uh, yeah, between we, me and we'd the back and the front. Um, we'd okay. want to put Jerry in the middle. I'm okay. the meat and the sandwich. The first thing you notice as you step onto the stairs, Willa, um, is the intense cold of the stairs. Um, they're almost cold enough to affect you, but not quite. For those of you wearing boots, you can feel it permeate through your actual soles of your boots. For those of you traveling in your more natural existence, the cold is almost too much to touch. And the deeper you go, all of you can begin to see your breaths kind of puffing from your mouths. It's getting colder and colder the further down the staircase that you go. Ivory's paws must be so cold, poor kitty. Yeah. Ivory doesn't seem to be phased at all. Ivory okay, she's like no cat. She's, she's a nice cat. No leopard. She's trotting alongside Jade. Just now, is there anything on the walls coming down, like any hieroglyphics or anything? Yeah, any. Yeah, all three of you notice with the description that was given before, you notice that the wall hieroglyphics are processional. It's almost as if the first panels you pass are representations of hundreds of individuals. The next panels, more individuals. And then the next panels, um, a uh, maybe like a priestess or alkalite or shaman kind of offering something up um, on, um, on pretense. Um, and then eventually the final panel before entering the chamber is a representation that you saw up above on the top of the obelisk, Jerry, the, mm -hmm. the, um, the gemstone representation on either panel. Um, you can see a bull's head behind one of the stone 
or the gemstones, like a mm-hmm. bull's head engraving, mm-hmm. and then a lion's head engraving underneath the other. And as the three of you kind of gather the tail end of the, the, the descent of the um, staircase, there's almost like a soft blue glow that begins to emanate from the room. As you're seeing dozens and dozens of crystalline, tiny, tiny crystalline structures in the floor embedded in stones that begin to light up this hundred square foot room. And in the very center of the room, you could see what looks to be a fountain or a bird bath, almost like this strange kind of like concrete um, uh, pedestal of sorts. Um, there seems to be uh, two head formations on it. Um, there seem all of you stop before going in the room because I believe Jade, your passive perception is pretty good. Um, you kind of like stop everybody from entering into the room and you notice that there's patterns. Jerry, as you're stopped, you realize that some of these patterns match the star patterns out on the exterior of the obelisk. And you begin to realize that this could be some kind of either star map, but the center of the room, you can see that pedestal and there's, very thin grooves or or ornate channels running through the floor as well. It's it's strange. It it feels like a giant map. It's a puzzle. Hmm. I'll study it in more detail. Okay. I'm going, I I see like you said you could see our breath. Can I see my breath? Yes, you can. I'm going to observe that, and it's going to give me ideas. Okay. okay. Um, Willa, our map lady, um, can you copy the patterns on the floor? Oh, yes. I pull out one of my maps, and I just start to to draw calligraphy maps. Map making with my map making abilities, apparently. Because I'm the map maker. Well, give me investigation for your first, um, as you begin to check some of the patterns in the floor, Jerry. Okay. Investigation. Uh, dirty 20. Dirty 20. Um, the first map, or the star <laughs> celestial map, seems to be a representation of the pantheon or godlike entity known as Kord, K-O-R-D. You would know that it is a god that's representative of battle, competition, and it is one of the major gods represented in the Dawn City of Vasselheim. Okay. All right. And then that does it have like a corresponding runnel of that goes from the uh, fountain? It does have like a channel that outlines it. It interwines, it like entwines with each other and then channels. And that's when you begin to realize the star representations seem to be in the shape of the pantheons of this world. 
Okay. And they see, and it's like as you're studying this one, the gems look almost like they're interactable. Okay. Uh, uh, does this seem like... Age-wise, does it seem like the same time maybe the craft crashed or came down? Mm, give me a survival check as you kind of examine that theory. Okay, survival sucks, so we'll hope for the best. <laughs> I only got a nine. Nine. I mean, it could be pre-calamity. You're not entirely sure. It feels mm. old, but it doesn't quite feel ancient. Okay. Um... And that craft was ancient. So. That craft felt pre-calamity. Yes, that craft. I'm going to touch one of the, I'm going to touch one of the gems. As you touch it, it changes color. All the other, you then notice three patterns to your right change color. Mm -hmm. And then two patterns to your left change color. Okay. So and is now there staring at the representation in front of you, it no longer feels like a representation of cord. Now it feels like a representation of the goddess known as Melora of seas and wilderness, life, nature, and the representation of the tempest. I would recognize that one, right? Yeah, you kind of pick up on that. I mean, that's kind of who... Uh, who my uh, friends were uh, back in the t uh, town are really into. That's their, you know, the wild mother, Malora. That's so their. Uh, when that, it's when definitely that happens, one of the greater deities that's uh, pantheoned within the Dawn City. Yeah. So when that happens, is it is it create um, like a pathway to go up to the the um, fountain? Not really. It's it a disjointed pattern. Okay. Um, it feels like well, looking over to your right and your left. Give me, give me either history or religion. Your choice. Okay. Um, history. What's my religion? My religion's better. Okay. Okay. And Jade, what are you doing with your time while this is going so on? So I got a nineteen. Okay. I'm looking at the pretty sparklies. Okay. Go ahead and just give me a general investigation check as you're just kind of examining the. <laughs> a giant ball of yarn fouls from the ceiling. Um, <laughs> 14. Okay. The, you notice, um, Jerry, off to your right, mm -hmm. two patterns over what looks to be one of the ones that changed is now in the shape of a celestial silver dragon's head, which you recognize as Bayamut, um, okay. the god of life, order, and war. You also can recognize alongside of it, after touching um, the stone, uh, the one alongside of it is now representative of a pair of open eyes crowned with a third eye in a celestial pattern. This would be the goddess known as Ayun. Both of these pantheons are um, worshipped within the Dawn City. Um, 
there's a connection here. Um, the grooves all exist. The, the panels all feel like they can be manipulated. While Cord was the one that was represented at first of Tempest and War, the one that's lit up now is Life, Nature, and Tempest. Mm -hmm. While Ayun is Arcana, Knowledge, and Beomut is Life, Order, and War. There does seem to be a connection between um, uh, Cord and Beomut for sure. Okay. So maybe, Jade, you touch the cord and I'll touch the Beomut at the same time, maybe? And the Beomut is okay. two panels off to your right. The cord okay. panel that used to look like cord changed to the mm -hmm. Melora panel as soon as you hit one of the stones. It feels like the stones might be celestial representations. Okay. I could touch Melora. I feel closer to nature. Okay. Let's see what happens. So, Will, you reach out and touch the Melora panel. It takes a moment to click. It rises up, and then you watch as all the panels rotate in different directions, and they settle back down, and you watch as the Melora panel, the Ayun panel, align. And when the two of them light up, the channel of light kind of begins to grow around them as well. Um, Melora being of seas and wilderness, Ayun being of knowledge, learning, and teaching. Weird. Why do you think they change? That's one of these puzzle things. All right. I'll be back. <laughs> He's going to go Google search it. I know it. Why do you I, need, I need a picture so I can either, draw it. Either that or he's going to go old man pee. <laughs> okay, what's the difference between old man pee and just regular pee? Oh, it takes a lot longer. <laughs> it's mildly disturbing. So what are you guys doing? Okay, so... We camped up the stairs. We stopped. We see panels, ones that represent uh, Bayamon, Ion, uh, Melora, and Cord. Right? So Just far, those that's four. what you notice, yeah. Okay. But there are other oh. panels here on the ground. Yeah, it's all on the ground. Uh -huh. And there are other panels of blue stones that could represent other celestial representations. But these are the ones closest that you can see. Two of them are now aligned. Melora and Ayun have aligned. And Bam, Moon, and Cord seem like they are connected somehow. Possibly, yeah. But Cord would require that you change Melora back into the Cord panel. Got it. Okay, where is it? Like, I'm trying to imagine what's being... Because like, I'm imagining in the ground, and I'm not really sure what we're touching. You're, you're basically touching the stone and the gems that make up the panels. And after you watch Jerry press one of the gems, it turned went from a blue color to a green color. And then the green representation was that of Melora, and the cord representation dissipated because of the color change. So cord was blue. Cord was blue. Melora and Ayun and Beomut are green. Oh, all three of those are green? Correct. Okay. 
And this is all on the ground? It's all on the ground. We're touching, we're, we're touching this on the ground? Correct. We're not accidentally stepping on a trap and getting our heads cut off or something? No, you're at the entrance of the chamber, and these are the nearest panels of the chamber. So and if you walked was... around to the back, there would be other ones. Have you ever watched Indiana Jones? Yeah. Uh, it's been like a while. It's, I've also it's, seen Goonies, and that was not so great. It, it, it's the same concept. These are floor panels <laughs> with different lit gems, uh, grooves that kind of connect them all together, and they all center on the pedestal in the very middle where you could see a bull's head on the right and then the lion's head on the left at the base of the pedestal. I think this makes me think I should have paid more attention in religion class. I want to push a button. You reach Just down and you push one of the gemstones. You watch as they change yellow. And when oh, they yellow. change to yellow, you uh, recognize the pattern of Pelor, healing, sun, life, light, and nature. And it's represented as a bright eight-pointed star. You then watch as four other panels in the distance turn yellow. You also watch as the ones that had turned green turn back to blue. The panels raise up and change. And then it's just the yellow panel directly in front of you. And then the four other yellow panels off in the distance. What the hell? This is weird, You're muted, guys. Willa. You're muted, Willa. Sorry. So she pressed the one for Pelor. It turned yellow, and several around the room turned yellow as well. But the Melor, Ayun, Ayun, and uh, Beamont turned back to blue like Cord. Correct. So Cord is now back. Ayun and Melor are no longer represented. The panels disconnect, rotate back to their normal form, and Cord that should be in front of you is now the new representation of Pelor. And you can see four other panels, two to your right, two to your left, that have changed into yellow uh, star celestial maps of representation. Question. When we connected Ayun and Melor, were there, was there like a light stream connecting them or what was going there on? There was. That? When the two panels came together, the grooves lit up. Okay. And were they... Uh, is there like a path to the center? Of, there these looks like there's a path to the center, but it's all disjointed. Okay, so, so wait a minute. We have to rotate these to get the light to make it to the center. Okay, so the 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 Beaumont and Cord, they lined up. So and then the two nature ones lined up. So we have to get those lined up back again. So that basically it sounds like if you get the two gods that are kind of alike, that's when you get the that's when the 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 channel. Can I walk around to the other right. side without messing anything up to see what the um, other yellow ones are? As as you step onto the panel that's yellow, nothing really happens. You go to step on another panel to your right to try to make your way over. You watch as your foot partially passes through that panel. And you nearly almost stumble forward. Ah, that makes sense now. I don't think that's good, guys. So, 
Somebody go to the court and somebody go to the Biamont and we're gonna we're gonna touch those at the same time. I'll go to Bahamut. Well, currently the only panel that seems solid is the yellow panel directly in front of you. Oh. Okay, and that right. one is who? Pelor. So we back off. We want to make as many solid panels to the center as we can. Right. Make so it. if you do that, you could either align it back to cord, which will make it solid, or back to green, which would align it with um, Malor and Ayun, which would give you two solid panels. Yeah, Malor and Ayun. Let's go with two solid panels. Okay. You kind of mess with the celestial configuration. Malor comes back in the green stargaze. You then watch as the Ayun panel comes into existence as the green stargaze. You watch as they realign yet again. Ayun and Malor combine. <laughs> And you test your theory, and both those panels are solid to the touch, while the panels around are transparent to the touch. All yeah. right. Does anything else around that one look like it can be connected? Like we can connect. Uh, give me these two? history or religion check. Uh, Am I historical or religious? Hmm. No, but that's fine. Let's see what I got. Ooh, that's oh, a 15 plus uh, two, so 17. Um, you notice that a nearby panel that is blue could possibly represent the humanoid feminine phoenix that you know to be Rae. Atonement, compassion, life and light, which matches the life of Melora and right. possibly the knowledge of life related to Ayun. Love you. Okay. Sounds good. What was that name again? Ayun uh, and Rhea. Rhea. And they were so, green? They were blue, blue. But if you align the stars to truly represent the humanoid feminine phoenix, it would bring her panel into existence. Let's do that. So okay, touching the different gems, you watch as another series of panels light up. This one lights up, goes solid for you. Nearby, you can now see two more representations, and you're now following a path that's taking you halfway into the room. Okay. The two representations near you now are one is a double-headed axe inset with a pattern of scales. Um, you would know this deity is Erethus, uh, knowledge and order. What color and are then uh, the other one you notice is the um, woman's profile embossed on a gold coin or pendant. You know this deity to be Evandra, which is the goddess of nature and trickery. Hmm. Uh, so that would be that. That could like equal like Melora because that's that's life and nature. But what was the guy's name? His or, or knowledge is also like uh, yeah. Ayun. Or it could be yeah. Is Ayun's, Ayun's the that magic one? Yeah. So chaos or order, guys. Order. Well, well it's knowledge and order, or nature and trickery. I get. I didn't get her get their names though. Erethus and Evandra. Evandra. Erethus and Evandra. Evandra's nature and trickery. 
Well, Erethus is knowledge and order. I'd say, let's try knowledge and order. You begin to manipulate the star pattern of the we'll next one. It begins to shift and click. You watch as it, too, aligns itself with the panel that you're currently on, leaving a single large panel left. And the one remaining panel gets you almost to the center of the room. However, this panel now, once again, is representation of Beomut, but you notice that it's one of six panels that surround the pedestal that are the representation of Beomut. One of six? One of six, yes. What are the other ones? Uh, they're all representations of Beomut. Oh, they're all representations. Yeah, they're all equal representations of Beomut and certain kind of star clusters representations. Staring at them, though, they seem to be almost represented in generational interpretation. Oh, so, okay. Uh, so, I look for the first one in the okay. series. Okay. Maybe that would be uh, close to the where the Rexors would have maybe been, maybe? I don't know. Possible. Um, as you examine the panels, the third one seems to match the timeline of the totem. Okay, I'm going to press that one. Uh, it's out of reach. Oh, do I have to jump on it? How tall know. is it? Uh, it's flat. It? It's just that the other panels are transparent. So you're standing on the one solid panel oh, we're that you figured out. The other ones still haven't solidified yet. Okay, but so that one's solid? this pathway of five panels to where you are. Right. Uh, it's hard to tell if it's solid or not, but you get the feeling if you could just figure out a way to get that panel to shift and align on the path that you're on. Maybe that would give you that last step towards the center space. Okay. What if we were to go back through uh, nature and trickery? Would it move that closer uh, with uh, uh, Avantra? Avantra? Um, anybody's free to give me history on Avandra. History. I think I got a 16. Okay. That would be a nine. I got a 17. 17. Jerry, you recognize that the Pantheon of Evandra is one of the older pantheons. And that's when you begin to realize that the path that you're on, mm -hmm. these are older generational pantheons at this point. Okay, so we're going toward the older. That's what it feels like. The older okay. generational interpretation of what these pantheons mean from a so I'll go the calamity understanding. Walk so I'll go to the to older interpretation of, of Bayamut then. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's still three panels away from you. You're just trying to figure out how to shift it over. Right. I think we have to switch to Evandra oh, from Erethus. Yeah. Okay, you could try that. So you shift the gems yet again into the celestial formation of that particular pantheon. You, you hear a grinding sound as there's a rotation of panels as the new panel comes into existence. And then it aligns itself with one of the older interpretations of the Beomut panel, which causes all the panels in the room to begin to light an equal color of like a white light through all the gemstones as the entire floor goes solid and the pedestal begins to fill with a liquid at the top oh, of the shit. pedestal. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay. 
Did we just drown yeah, ourselves? Um, wait, no, because it was like a bird bath, right? It's about the size of a bird bath with a slight concave interior to it. Um, recognizing the floor is now solid and lit heavily with the gemstone lights, you kind of step a little closer towards the pedestal, the bull's head and lion at the base, and then the pe concave pedestals slowly filling up with a very dark black liquid. Okay. And then it stops, like right at the edge of the lip of the interior of the pedestal. I want to go up and look in it. Uh, you notice you don't see your reflection in it. Okay. Well, I'll be right back. You can grab me a, a bevy. Okay. I'm going to be right back, too, because I think I heard someone knocking on the front door. Uh-oh. I want to drink it. Take the Nina with you. I want to drink it. Great. <laughs> you all drink it and become liches. No, I'm sure that's fine. It's just mm -hmm. some magic water. Yeah, what doesn't have a reflection? Yeah. Maybe we're looking into the deep inner workings of space where the great old ones are. Probably poison. So I drink it. <laughs> Do you stick your finger in and drink it with your finger? No. <laughs> um, I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna probe it. <laughs> <laughs> you like you bring out your wand and you go to stick it in, as you do. You watch the black liquid immediately begin to coil around your wand as you pull it up, and it's like this viscous, like uh, tendon-like solid material that follows your wand back until a certain length, and then you it unwinds itself and sinks back into the pedestal. Okay. Gross. Was the did I get any readers? It uh, you did, and it's a. Tele uh, a telekinetic flash in your mind just says uh -huh. unknown, unknown, unknown. Oh. Well, that's not helpful. Can, can any of us see our reflections in the water? Nope. I'm going to ask it a question. Water, uh, water, everywhere. Do you have answers? <laughs> as your breath kind of, you know, as you're talking, it ripples also like a gelatinous way. Um, and then it just settles after you're done talking. No response. Gross. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a wishing well. God, I really want to know what this is. I'm not scared. It has an unknown substance. And it has no... Maybe you're reviewing back into the deep space where I came from. Um... But it wrapped around your probe, and was it pulling the probe? 
Okay. It was resistant a little bit, my, but it allowed Jerry to kind of like interact with it, almost like a taffy. I don't know if my curiosity. I don't know if I have any fear right now to overcome my curiosity. <laughs> I want to touch it. <laughs> you can give me a charisma save and determine for yourself whether you succeed or fail. All right. Christmas. Oh, that's a good point. Elhawk just said, wait, you can see your breath, but it's not frozen. Mm-hmm. I was observing that, by the way. I failed my <laughs> I failed the charisma save, I think. Let's see. Charisma Maybe it's a wishing well, guys. Eight. Maybe we should make a wish. I rolled a ten. Ten, so I mean it's kind of a fifty fifty mix on that. It's up to you, Jerry. You have a little bit of control here. I a wish lot. I had more strength. A little bit. Does it work? Does it give me more strength? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you yell it out. Nothing hey. happens. Hey, you never know. One of these days we might come across a wishing well. All right, I touch it. <laughs> As you reach out to touch it, the lion head at the base of the pedestal animates almost instantly you watch as this transparent lion head comes shooting up and out and slams into you um, causing 18 points of psychic damage Ow. Ow. Jerry you're resistant to psychic or are you immune oh yeah I'm resistant yeah so you take half of that okay okay so Jerry points. are you okay so I'm, I'm counting right now I'm a creature of nature, and maybe it will do something different. Probably not. Don't, Probably gonna get. Don't. You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, okay. shame on me. All right, that didn't work. Now, was I over the lion's head when I did that? You were near it, yeah. It's at the base of the pedestal. No, 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 on no, the no, right no. side of the pedestal is the lion's head, and on the left side of the pedestal is the bull's head. Um, you guys are free to make insight checks on the representation if you choose to. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Key. That is a uh, sixteen. I got a seventeen. Okay. okay. Hold on. What's my insight? <laughs> Not advantage. Okay. I got an eight. <laughs> Swamp thing. That's very Goonies of you. If Storyteller ever gives anyone a wishing well in his game, it's going to have a very, very big catch. No. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. You know Jason then, because I'm surprised yeah. I'm not dead. Hey, that's why I didn't wish for world peace, because maybe the world would turn to pieces you, or something, you know? Do you what I hand do you touch, touch it with? It because it's probably like spawn or something. Do you put your finger I, in? What finger do you put spawn. in? Venom. How deep do you put it probably in? Probably like venom. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you start freaking people out in the game when you start going like that so you touch it with what hand do you put a finger in or well, like yeah, your whole Vince hand? tried that on me last night he was like do you okay. touch it I go no <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's so, scary when they start asking specifics just as well as kind of like hovering over uh, the, the blackened liquid kind of ripples the closer she gets to it almost like it's moving away from her touch but Collectively as a group and knowing that you're in kind of like a tribal representation or at least a very kind of ancestral representation 
you get the feeling that the lion's head could be a representation of bravery and the bull's head could be a representation of strength. Okay, but it's a representation of bravery and, and it, like, tried to put the smack down on you. Mm-hmm. Maybe we just jump in. So if if the representation of the one is strength, maybe it's going to try and crush us to death. Or maybe we should just jump in. Jump into it's what? Not, it's like that It's like deep. a foot in diameter. <laughs> oh, it's real small? Yeah, it's a small pedestal with a concave in it. I don't know. I was imagining... A, I was, uh, you keep saying birdbath, but for some reason I keep imagining like one of those fountains you see. Like you mean a like a Greek fountain at a park yeah, that big, twenty-five people fountain. could jump in? Yeah, that's yeah. What I, I would have described it that way if it was. I assure you. I, I know. thought it was like that. Okay, <laughs> that's what I keep imagining. I know that's not what you said, but that's what I keep imagining. Take your medicine, so Willa. Everything will be fine. <laughs> I do that to him all the time too. I know he said something. He said one thing, and I just hear something completely different. <laughs> The room is getting a little bit colder as well. All right. Well, nothing's happened. Let's go, guys. <laughs> I'm so curious. You already failed your save. There's no way you're you're even going to be able to leave. <laughs> I know. Can can I pull out a vial and see if, if it can go? In, swamp like, goes, it go like you wish for a bump in an attribute and it kills four small villages. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, true. you got to take the negative with somewhere the positive. out there on the frontier, the cries and wails of 95,000 innocent souls evaporate. <laughs> hey, I got a plus one of my charisma. <laughs> Would you like another plus one? Do it again. Oh, it'll only cost you a hundred thousand more souls. That's right. <laughs> we come out as arch demons. Like, you killed so many people. You're demons now. Um, Terrible. Terrible. Does this look like a sacrificial type thing where you would like maybe uh, sacrifice a cat feel, or something? Yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't feel alter. <laughs> <sacrifice>. <laughs> I was waiting for you to get that. You know, I mean, a small animal, maybe give it blood to... Anything from this particular time period would strike you as odd that there's there's not a, um, like a like a, an altar or an effigy of sort. In fact, the lack of, of any sacrificial representation is here. This is feeling more like something is being protected. Hmm. You had to solve the puzzle, starting with the obelisk. The blank panel was obviously blank for a reason. Maybe right. as a guide or as a way to proof the consideration of the situation. Um, pressing on the panel then re re um, revealed the stairwell. It's definitely colder down here than it is up above. Unnaturally colder. Mm -hmm. You had to solve the stargazer panels to figure out how to get to the center of the room, which meant you had to have at least a pretty strong knowledge of the pantheons of Alexandria. And then now that you're in the center, surrounded by panels that represent the different generational interpretations of Beomut, the base of the pedestals is a lion's head in a bowl, uh, of the pedestal 
is a lion head representing bravery and a bull representing strength and a very thin, dark, viscous liquid that doesn't show your reflection has filled up the center of this pedestal. That I got one a question. Smacks you with psychic damage. I have a question. Hmm. Um, I know that there was uh, some things that were being shown on like panels on our way down the stairs and the lion and the bull were on the last panel. I remember that, but I do not remember what the other ones set were. There was only the lion and the bull that were physical representations back up on the obelisk. And what was the priest? No, no, like, what was the priest when doing? When we were going down the stairs, you said there was like panels. Oh yeah, like, on the on the right side of the panel was the representation of a priestess walking forward with a gemstone in the hand, and on the left side, same thing. On the the behind those gemstones, the right side was a lion's head, and the left side was a bull's head. So we need a gemstone. Okay, so I'm going to stand in the between them and reach in. Oh, there he is. To find a gemstone. Now he's awake. <laughs> Probably hungry, too. All right, so I'll try that. What are you trying to do? I'm going to stand between the two representations. Okay. And reach in to, to get the gem. So you stand between the two. You reach in to get the gem. As soon as you're about to touch the viscous liquid, a bull's head and a lion's head come up and out and <clears throat> slam into you, um, giving you a total of 20 points of psychic damage, half to 10, because you are resistant. Dude. Ouch. I think we're supposed to give it the gem, not take the gem. Well, we don't have a gem to give it. What do I have in my inventory? Just give me a second. So it didn't protect me. Maybe if let's I went give it a piece of gold. Jerry, give me an insight check. Okay. Uh, so where's my insight? Um, 23. 23. There's a connection between the sense of protection and the person trying to access it. Okay. You are neither brave of heart no. or strength of bull. Yes. True. I'm a coward and a weakling. Okay. Um, yes. How so about you're the one trying to, but you're Willa, curious. Willa, I think you need to try this. Okay. I have a mirror. And you are, huh? I have a mirror. <laughs> Just reach gem. in there and get the gym. I will attempt to do so. Uh, you reach in, and as you do, the lion's, um, or sorry, the bull's head twists and turns and drops in below the pedestal. Half of the liquid drains away. And as it does, you can see the surface of a, of a just simple kind of uh, basalt stone. The beginnings of like a piece of lava rock. I guess I'm Maybe going Jade. to try and grab it. Hey, Bash! Cheat up, buddy! <laughs> As you, you reach out to grab wait, the part of wait. the stone that's slightly exposed, you watch as the lion's head comes out, slams into you, giving you 13 points of psychic damage. Okay. Gee. So you reached up and you grabbed a gem and that made it drain? It's not a it gem. Drain. It is a piece of lava rock. 
Oh, well, what did she do that made it drain? Um, she reached in, touched the surface. The bull's head rotated around, dropped below the pedestal, and then that caused half of the liquid to drain away. Okay, so okay. I think I'm Jade gonna should try. I'm going to reach in and poke it, too. You watch as Jade reaches in and pokes the remaining liquid, and as she does, the lion's head rotates down, falls below the pedestal. The last of the liquid drains away, revealing a fist-sized piece of lava rock. Okay. I will reach in and grab the lava rock. As you reach no, in, you go to grab it. You immediately feel an ice-cold sensation that burns you. Ooh, that was cold. Um, and you pull your hand back as you take 18 points of cold Ouch. damage. Ew. Okay. Jerry, maybe you're supposed to grab the... Um... <laughs> I know. He's so cute. <laughs> He's trying to eat my gummy bears or my gummy worms. <gasps> Keep those away from me. I crashed. I crashed on those last night. Well, I could I, I could try the telekinesis. As you reach out your telekinetic strength. It pushes through the representation of the lava rock, almost as if the lava rock is a is a Ooh, it's is almost fake. like a red herring or a guise of sort. Okay. And all three of you watch as a perfectly carved masterwork blue sapphire begins to lift mm. out of the lava rock and it hovers there for a moment. And as it comes over to you, Jerry, it just drops into your hand. And as it does, you look at it, there is a very tiny swirl of arcane energy in the middle of it and it's almost almost too cold to touch okay but you're able to kind of like hold on to it and then switch hands before it begins to give you a bit of a bite of frost or cold okay what does your alien science brain say about that jerry what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> You mean my, my my magician mind? Oh no! Um, I'm thinking it's boob time. He misses Uncle yeah. Ivar. Cameron needs does. to be a little oh, higher, baby. Oh, I know. <laughs> Avert your eyes. There you go. He'll be getting teeth pretty soon. Oh, oh we're no, we're where? Don't no. <laughs> don't, no. <laughs> yes. No, well, he's about doing five that, months. And he's doing that four-month-old thing where they kind of do a regression on their sleeping. You know, they mm -hmm. regress back. They're like pretty bad sleep behavior. Right. And he's doing all those telltale signs that his gums are starting to get sore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Okay. Well, I'll put it in my bag or something to keep it away from me. You, you drop it in your bag and the slight arcane glow dissipates as you drop it in your bag and you can feel the cold through the leather of the bag, but not enough to where it hurts or burns. All right. Well, and then is there anything else in the room? Did anything happen? Did a like door open up or anything like that? No. Okay. Well, let's leave. <laughs> yep. Let's go. 
get out of here. I'm, I'm and then we're waiting for the darts around. to shoot out of the walls. You guys walk across the connected panels back to the beginning of the staircase that takes you up. Um, you walk up the stairwell back out into the open space. Um, you're standing in the clearing. Nothing happens. And then is there, do I see a way to make the, um, yeah, can we close to it? Make, to make the obelisk reappear? All right, give me an investigation check. Okay. Child, you're not hungry. That's gonna on, suck. Right. He's not hungry. I got an. I got a. I got a uh, eight. Eight. So I find it and I put. No, I'm just kidding. I wanna. <laughs> well, yeah, I wanna look too. Yeah, let's try to find the button that's gonna send this thing back. Maybe it's on the floor. Yeah, at the base somewhere. I rolled a nine, and I think my nine. investigation's either a two or a three. Up. It's up to you, Willa. <laughs> You're muted. You're, you're not helping. You're muted. You're muted. That's a two. Yeah. I mean, you guys spend a good 15, 20 minutes scouring the entrance, the immediate area around. There is no sign of a button or a trigger or okay. some kind of activation. It's just the exposed stairwell leading down the gradual rising of the fog with the difference in ambient temperature. Other okay. than that, not really much else is going on. All right. Um, okay. I can Let's cover it with vines. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. You watch as Willa digs into the soil nearby. You watch as the nearby forest begins to encroach into the space. As the vines begin to kind of weave and cover and carpet, you watch as small plants and small shrubs and, and ivy come into, like, bloom. And within about five minutes, what was obvious is now completely covered by natural camouflage. All right. It's not like a booby trap either, like where you'd step in and fall in, right? That'd be bad. Depends on, how big, uh, so. depends on how big the person is. Like, you Wouldn't go over there and you're like... Eh. <laughs> like, eh. I mean, they're just vines. They're not really strong vines. No, they're just ivy and and small plants and flowers and. All right, let's get going. I Mark my words, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be this. my fault. Somebody's gonna break their neck. It's okay. We won't be here yes. to know. <laughs> if a for if a tree falls in a forest and nobody's around to hear it, does it does it make a sound? The answer is yes. I if hear them cry if all the time. If a humanoid falls and breaks his neck at the bottom of the staircase, will will Willa hear him if she's not in the forest? No. So true. So true. <laughs> so you guys gather up your belongings, get on to the raptors that are still waiting patiently. Um, uh, the two raptors in tow, you uh, get on your mounts and begin to follow the rest of the trails that will take you out the other side of the forest and eventually past the um, uh, the, the ice granite fields and where the glass caverns are. Um, late morning turns into late afternoon by the time you come out the other side of the forest. Um, go ahead and give me uh, survival checks once you reach the other side of the forest. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, ooh, 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 ooh. Natural 20. 
Okay. Plus three. So 23. Okay. You're muted, Jade. I got a natural 20 as well. Nice. I would say that's enough natural 20s to declare a heroic action as a group. So somebody can... Somebody can mark down um, group heroic action that you can use later on um, Sounds for good. group effort. Um, so, yes, you now have a group heroic action. Okay, I got it written down. It is now late afternoon, arriving upon the backside of the forest. You can see the rather strange-looking mountain across the valley um, that that it seems to be like a solitude or a mountain by itself. Not very big, but, you know, enough to where you recognize it as the landmark for the glass cabins are. As you look north and down into the Highlands Valley, north of Galwick, you see the vast expanse of the ice granite fields. Um, somewhere out there is the representation of a large um, crater kind of um, uh, either whether it's real or not, according to the map, it describes it as the center point of the granite fields. Um, the valley might take the rest of the day to cross over, and then you would be into the late evening before starting the following day down into the valley that contains Gowick. Okay. So far, the map seems pretty accurate. Okay. We'll keep going. Well, Since our guide is dead, well, it's a good thing that map oh, works. Man. At dusk, I mean, at dusk, we'll have to camp. To get there. That's okay. At dusk, we'll have to camp. Yeah. We can make Tiny Hut. Okay. As you cross through the valley to get to the other side of the granite fields, the tail end, um, western side of the granite fields, um, there, with those survival checks that you made, the first thing that you notice when you come into this this lower valley is there are plenty of giant sized footprints. Um, You also recognize that they are patterned in such a way like they were stalking a herd of what looked to be like elk. Um, You even find the kind of like um, uh, bloody remains of, of elks that were brought down and killed um, during the hunt. And they're giant size, but you don't get the feeling that they're the same size as the frost giants. These are a bit smaller. These might okay. represent one of the other s- tribes that are out here. Being this close to the granite fields, they could either be hill giant or stone giant. There are smaller clans and tribes of those particular types of Jotuns uh, that exist out here. We'll be careful and Keep an eye out for them. Okay. You eventually make it to the other side of the valley. No sign of them. Um, You end up up on a very kind of like uh, the beginnings of like a grassy field up on a, um, up on a, like a plateau area um, that marks the boundary of the valley and where the glass caverns in by the time dusk settles in and the night creatures are coming out. You can hear the, um, Spring cicadas and other creatures that usually tell you that night. <coughs> um, everybody, go ahead and give me perception as you begin to try to find space to kind of camp for the night. Nope, that's a four. Okay. 
but seven altogether. Fair. Uh, 18. Okay. Jade? I'm looking up what my bonus I haven't memorized it yet. Uh, I got a 17. 17. So between the two of you, you find an area where some of the trees have fallen and kind of created their own little cordoned off clearing. There's enough of a tree line to protect you from the elements as well as enough of a tree line to protect you from anything looking down from the hillside or up from the valley side. Um, this seems to be a good spot to camp. And I could okay. be another tree. <laughs> well, and I'm going to make tiny huts. Yeah. Okay. I, I totally want to gossip with the grass because, you know, grass is such a bunch of gossips. They are. Right. <clears throat> And we're going to have the, the, the ice raptors. The original known as uh, Henry Crabgrass. Yep. We're going to have the ice raptors in the tiny hut with Jerry and I. Okay. So as dusk settles in, the hut is brought into existence. Um, Willa, you begin to uh, transform yourself into your tree form for the evening, kind of both standing sentinel as well as recover... Um, through it via your long rest. Um, it's evening at this point. The hut is up. The raptors have been brought in. You have a little bit of time before the long rest clicks off. Um, is there an order of watch or anything you want to do before your long rest? What are you guys doing? I am studying, what was it I was working on? Magic Missile? I think it was Magic Missile. Okay. From um, that spell book. I'm going to study my... this ice gym. Okay. Watching my breath in the cold sparked an idea, and I want to try and expel water from me and try to create a cloud effect as a masking. Okay. Go ahead and give me, we'll start with you, Willa, as you kind of like place yourself into the ground and into your semi primordial form of tree treant and dryad um you begin to focus on the idea of water moisture vapor um it's required to live it's required to allow you to exist to a certain degree you usually consume it either through your root foundations or your fingers and then you begin to remember that you always keep a little bit of it in reserve. And as you think on that, you watch as small droplets begin to form on the surface of your bark as you expel that reserved water. Um, go ahead and give me... Do you have any nature-based spells that are available to you? <laughs> All of them? Well, but more inclined to be specific to nature from an inception perspective. Like... I have uh, manipulating plant growth, which is basically kind of like druidcraft. Uh, yeah. My poison spray, which has a reaction. So I have my as you down. as you focus on the idea of the magical requirements of the poison hey, man, spray, really instead of your innate ability to pull in oh the kind of like poison residue of the sap that makes up the component of that spray. You focus on the water that you've allowed to come into existence. And as you do it, you're immediately surrounded 
by a cloud of droplets and vapor that begin to swirl around you. It lasts for about a minute, and then... And at the end of that, you feel very thirsty. Mm. Which... I will drink water. (laughs) Yeah, you kind of like... You send out one of your roots to find like a small puddle or a small pond nearby, and you begin to reabsorb that water that you just expelled. (laughs) Jerry, as you are sitting in the tiny hut, and you begin to examine the stone. Um, It's still cold to the touch. It's... You kind of have to... You eventually just kind of leave it on the surface of the bag. Yeah. Uh, you can see where Jade is kind of like reading from a book right now, studying intently something. Um, the raptors have kind of like curled up and fallen asleep. As you hold the leather bag with the stone in it, and you stare at it, in the very center of the stone, you can see a swirling gas, maybe, or magical essence... The rest mm-hmm. of the stone is kind of opaque and and glass or representation of what you believe a sapphire should look like. And the only reason why you thought it was a sapphire was the shape. Right. And its coloration when it appeared. Um, go ahead and give me an arcana check as you kind of take a moment to study it even more intently. Sorry, I got 16. 16. The one thing that's interesting is the what you thought was a sapphire could be one, but it's in the shape of a teardrop. That's one thing you definitely pick up on, which is unusual for a stone. That usually means it's been manufactured or manipulated or, you know, kind of treated um, by an expert jewelist or craftsman or tinkerer into that shape. Whatever the arcane light is in the center, it feels definitely like it would be magical in nature, but... It's unrevealing to you. Like you focus and you focus. This is such a well-crafted item, but yet there's something slightly unnatural about it at the same time. It's all there. It's like, it's definitely a unique item. It definitely has the cadence and the possibility of being magical, but it's very unrevealing to you. Okay. All right. I'll put it back in the bag and go to bed. Okay. Jade, go ahead and give me investigation for starters. You begin to peruse your book some more. 17. Okay. Uh, go ahead and give me Arcana with advantage. Nope, it was 18 for the investigation, actually. Okay. It was higher than the DC 15, so you're good. 18... Uh... You said which with advantage? Arcana. Am I still exhausted? Yeah. Um, after you take this, no, you shouldn't be after that long rest. You go. Okay. You can get rid of that. Sounds like she's in a starship. I know. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I can't wait till we're all back live again in the studio. Yeah. I got 18 again. 18 again. For the very first time since you began studying this, the component, the idea of bringing the arcane um, uh, kind of like ritual into existence, and in front of you for the first time ever, you manage to summon 
a floating dart. It's glowing with a kind of arcane light. And you look over at a rock that's kind of like sticking out of the ground where the hut was placed. And you focus on that rock and you watch as the dart immediately hits it. And expends its force energy across it, leaving like a streak of um, etched reaction to the strike. Yay! Feels like you're getting a lot closer to being able to do that. You can hear the steady purr of your cat kind of underneath your head. It lifts its head to kind of look momentarily. It then looks at Jerry and licks its lips like it's a little bit hungry and then kind of goes back to sleep. Kind of not very... I'll I'll, I'll pull out some meat for Ivory. Some of the um, animal that we found, animals that we found along the way. Yeah, you set it down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. get her kind of grinding on the meat and swallowing the bones and looks very longingly at Jerry's feet, but settles back down into his place. <laughs> All right. Settle down. <laughs> well, they do smell like cheese. Yeah. <laughs> but no cheese it's ever smelled. So with Cosmic that, cheese. Uh, Willa, are you taking the long watch since you need only four hours to take your long rest? Giving everybody else the opportunity to study and work and before they finally settle in their sleep. So all of you awake the following morning. The small storm has rolled through. Now it's just patchy clouds, overcast, and a bit of blue-gray sky. It's a little bit damp outside as each one of you wake up. The tiny hut immediately (laughs) falls away. Um, Gather up your rafters and begin to... Do your final bit of the day's journey in the direction of Galwick. Okay, we take off. So everybody give me survival Aww. checks as you're following the map. Oh, that's not good. I got a no I got a one. Okay. I got a seventeen. Okay. Eighteen. Okay. The Jerry, you're a little Confused. At one point, you're trying to convince everyone to go a certain direction, but the other two are like, you know, shaking their heads and pointing in the correct direction as far as they're concerned. Um, You guys come off of the cavern plateau, find yourself coming down into the Gawak River Valley on the outside and outskirts of the town. Off in the distance, you can actually see the signs of normality. You can see a large herd of ice oxen being drifted um, up into one of the greener portions of the valley outside of Gawick. You watch a, a herdsman, kind of just a herdsperson, just kind of waves at the three of you as you have your raptors in tow. Um, it's at this point you realize that as morning turns into early afternoon during this last leg of travel, there's a very large mountain on the outskirts of Gawick. And as you get closer, you realize it's thousands of those bug and insect creatures that at the last minute before they crashed into the town itself, they turned into this large stone formation. It's almost like curled up and over in like tidal wave form. You see the edges of like, you know, where the beetles turn to stone. And 
We All around that. it, you you watch as people have like set up picnics. Um, there, it's very touristy right now. People are staring at it, and uh, you watch as there's artists that are now setting up their easels and taking the kind of like painting what they're seeing. Um, you can see a small portion of the southern part of the town was kind of like um, partially destroyed and overwhelmed as that section has a much kind of like lower, but almost like a carpet feeling of these stone uh, insects that transformed at the last minute, um, almost creating like this kind of, you know, uh, like almost like a lava field kind of rolling into something, but yeah. it's just gray stone instead. Um, you watch as about maybe half a dozen Galwick guards kind of patrol right by you. You see a huge caravan trundling off towards the frontier section. Is that our Another caravan? Doesn't look to be yours. Maybe it's about 30 wagons. Um, they are flying guild <laughs> signets. Ow. Um, you recognize uh, the glass tops. You recognize the um, like um, okay. the the iron keepers. You also recognize um, the box dwellers as these are very common guilds that are now making their way for the summer and spring season along the Devil's Grin. Um, you said the Iron Keepers, the box what? Uh, the box dwellers. Dwellers and the crystal something? The ice, or the uh, the glass keepers. Three um, large kind of guilds that operate out of Vasselheim and the greater Othansia uh, Western Wastes. Um, but for the most part, not too unfamiliar to you. The town itself seems to be operating at a normal capacity. The market is very much alive and in a hustle and bustle kind of state. The familiar guild house in the very center of town, the Azure Guild House, is still there. Um, the fairgrounds is completely devoid of the caravan that you traveled with, and it now stands empty as the many um, dozens and dozens of wagons and campsites look to be abandoned for some time. Okay. Crap. So the new, uh, the new caravan didn't fill in our space? They didn't stay there, no. No, like the, you said there was a caravans there, the iron keepers and stuff. Right, they traveled through and they were actually in motion and, and traveling on the road as you guys came in. Uh, but it doesn't look like they stayed in that space. We should probably uh, check in with the the Azure guard Hammer. guy, the guard, yeah, the Azure Hammer and the guard guy that we were talking to before yeah, we, we just let him know what's up because we headed out that way, so we might as well tell him what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we gotta let's go check in with the Azure Hammer, tell them what happened, and then let's go find the caravan. So with that, you make your way to the center of town. Um, there's a lot of smiling and um, nervous gratitude on people's faces. Some people you recognize. Um, other people you don't recognize. At some point, as you uh, tether the creatures to the hitching posts in front of the Azure Hammer, um, you walk up the stairs into the main entrance. Sitting there is the familiar captain of the guard, his helmet in hand. He's sitting patiently at 
a um, uh, at like a small table, like a cafe style table, sees the three of you walk in, immediately gets up and comes walking quickly, hurriedly in your direction. Oh, he's still alive. Well, um, I didn't believe it when I heard it, but my scouts had seen you on the outskirts of um, the Gawak Valley. Um, please, you look exhausted and it's where are the others? Is it just three of you? We're all that the others it. didn't make it. Oh, well, the story is it not was. important. All we know is the town is safe. When the creatures got close, it was definitely, well, doesn't matter. Please come sit, have a meal, and let's talk about what happened. And the yeah, captain kind of guides you over to a nearby table. Um, the four of you sit down. How much do you want to tell them? Like, how much? Uh, <laughs> well, okay. I don't think we want to tell them that it was a spaceship. We found them at all the information. Well, we don't say you guys are having this conversation on the way into town. Right. Well, at this point. Yeah. So I still think we should warn people about Triton. Uh, there was uh, evil magic over there. And we are able to destroy it. It created a large explosion that we barely got away from, and a lot of people, a lot of the people that went with us, were killed in the explosion. But it's safe now there, and obviously it it stopped all the insectoid creatures from attacking the village, the town. Yes, we uh, noticed at some point, um, I'm going to say maybe two and a half days ago, the morning, per your description of what happened with the crater and, and the findings, um, all the creatures that were attacking the town had turned to stone. Um, we felt something significant had happened at that point. It's good to know that this has been solved. I do have a message here for you from the lead guide of the caravan. Mm. Um, mm. The, the orc that goes, yes, by the name of Aaron. I have this message um, to be delivered to the three of you, um, including a small allotment of funds to compensate you in case your travels cost you any funds. Uh, you watch as he slides over a medium-sized bag filled with 100 platinum pieces. Um, it's just... He figured that you might be of concern, knowing that he couldn't hold the caravan back any further. He had made the decision to abandon Galwick before the, um, the the beetle hordes or insect hordes had arrived. He felt the integrity and protection of the caravan was more important than whatever struggle those of us here in Galwick uh, would have to um, manage once they arrived. You can tell he's kind of both kind of like not thrilled at that decision being made. But he understands but, because he's a leader of a caravan. Yeah, you, you get the feeling that he understands that the amount of wealth and the amount of risk of a 200 wagon caravan was a great expense. And the Azure Hammer was clearly, um, uh, um, you know, 
a consideration to take in mind. Did, did they take and my our, great persuasive skills weren't around to convince him otherwise. Did, did they take their wa- our wagon? <laughs> um, he also mentioned that taking the raptors in compensation, they did take your wagon along with them as well, just in mm-hmm. case, I suspect. Mm-hmm. Okay. It looks well, like we're on we'll... the raptors a little longer, Jerry. Yes. I believe they have about a two, almost three days head start on you. Um, they move pretty slow. We'll we can move faster on the raptors, right? Yeah, we can move faster than the caravan on the raptors. Let's see, where would he tell you to possibly meet them? So if we, if the next we, uh... one, it's, was it, was, starts with a W. Where the next place they were stopping was Winch Winch Leech? Winch Leech? Winch Leech? Yes, that would be correct. Winch Leech. That is considered the crossroads of central Othansia, and Winch Leech is where they then would head directly north. They would expect to be there at the end of a five days' journey. How far is it um, by Ice Raptor? How long would it take? Um, you could probably get there in about three days, depending on how you keep your pace and how the weather is. Um, which so we would could potentially get, get there, there about there the same time then. About the same time. It's possible. Potentially. Okay. All right. Let's do that. It's currently late afternoon at this point. Well, oh, we don't have a reason sleep to and stay. We'll, yeah, well, we could rest and uh, stock up with food and things that we need and then head out in the morning. Okay. 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 So being in the center of Gawick, um, mm-hmm. the one thing that you definitely... Oops, that's not the right word. Where... Eastern North Dansia, Gawick. Uh, you would requ- you would remember that you do have the Lions District, uh, the Market uh, District, and the Throne Farthing uh, as the three primary areas of the Gawick Village. Um, it seemed like things were normalized a bit. Um, the Market District was quite busy again. Let's go shopping. How much platinum did it give us, kid? He gave us 100 platinum. 100 platinum. So, nice. I don't want to get another wagon. We have the ice raptors. No, we'll just we'll get some saddlebags for them, and we'll fill them up with some meat for them and some rations for us and some water and <laughs> go from Yes, I want to acquire more ways to hold water because I'm testing some stuff that makes me very thirsty. You know, Willa, there's a lot of snow outside, right? You can melt it to make water. The snow doesn't um, last all summer. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> do they have like a library here or something? Um, they don't have like what you would call a traditional academy or library of study. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a uh, town hall at least where the uh, the local regent would be. 
Um, and I believe that is in the that is in the uh, Throne Farthing District. Um, and the local regent um, goes by the name of where'd you go? Uh, Kunane, a female dwarf that is responsible for Gowick. Um, I'll, you guys get the supplies. I, I, I'm going to go over there and look at look at something and see if I can find something about that obelisk. Okay. okay. So Jerry, you're heading to the uh, you're heading to the uh, town hall. Yeah. In the in, in the, uh, uh, in the farthing district. What are the rest of you doing? I'm going shopping for supplies. Okay. I'm just gonna hang out with Jade. Okay. Because really she has the money, <laughs> and there might be stuff. Yeah, Who knows? Like okay. Maybe there's something I can get in trouble with. I'm a. All right. So for you, Jerry, um, finding the town hall is relatively easy. It's actually um, instead of going to the Lions District, you go uh, to beyond where the Azure Guildhouse would be. Um, you find the local barracks that is the Gowick, um, uh, uh, Gowick Wardens. Um, you run across a couple guards who kind of point a little further into the farthing. Um, eventually you find a very large stone building. Um, there's a small oh. tower attached to it. Like Maybe at some point it was like an original outpost, and it kind of reminds you um, what Krieger had said in regards to, you know, that he kind of remembered this place as being more of an outpost or military um, um, beginnings um, okay. some, some almost 50 years ago. Um, you find like the stairs that lead you up to the double wooden doors. You enter into a very kind of like busy kind of like um, reception area. Okay. You can see a, um, you can see a very kind of like um, older, um, Human male with with a beard, long brown and blackish hair, wearing kind of like the attire of like a, a bureaucrat or a keeper of the, you know, kind of like someone who's just their job is to deal with the day to day questions okay. and and inquiries that come in. He sees you come in, kind of like step up to the reception desk. Uh, what can I do for you, sir? I'm looking for some information on the obelisks that's north of here. I'm. Do you have a name or a reference? Observatory. Um, they call it the observatory on this map here. Oh yes, there was a. Oh, I know that place. There was a guild called the Gazes, mm -hmm. um, out of Vasselheim that had mapped that place at some point. They had made references that they had discovered panels that seemed to represent uh, star constellations. So they. Gave it the name of the observatory, made their notations, filed their survey information with our local offices. Originally, it was filed here, but all the pertinent information related to it, I believe, was filed within the now abandoned town. I don't believe anyone's made it back there yet, but uh, the survey offices of uh, Luga. Damn it. We do have some... Uh, ex, uh, expeditionary materials that and licenses and warrants that were filed 
uh, during the initial findings that were made. I believe they made their findings some maybe 12, 13 years ago. Okay. And then um, do you have any records that reach back to the Calamity? <sighs> we don't keep those kind of records here. We keep mostly regional uh, land references, land ownership, different families that uh, own property here. Um, there is um, all of that information is usually sent to the different wards within the Vasselheim and maintained there within the uh, place known as the Keeper's Vault. And that is, I believe, run by the Cobalt Soul. Okay, thank you very much for the information. Oh, you're very welcome. Good day to you, sir. Good and day. You kind of turn on your heels and head out the front of the reception area. Uh, Jade and Willa, almost everything you see is ad hoc. It is fresh caravans that have come through, and they're now just, their wagons are open in display and just kind of like hawking whatever wares. Um, the crowds that are gathering are mostly locals. Some transients that are in the process of making their way back towards either eastern or western regions of Athansia. Um, give me perception as you begin to look around. Is there anything in particular you might be looking for? Uh, shit that will help us stay alive. That is very vague and we'll have a DC anything, of 45. Anything magical, but I, I rolled a only rolled a 7. <laughs> On my d20. <laughs> I seven. got advantage, so I rolled 2. I got 2 natty 20s, and I add my plus 3 to each one. So, I got a 46. <laughs> What'd you get? Um, hold on, let me look. What is my perception? I think it's plus two or plus three. I think it's plus two. Anything magical? Anything shiny? Plus two. I got a 14. Okay. Willa, what'd you get? Seven. Seven. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of wagons that mostly seem to be kind of like uh, focused on survival gear, um, uh, spring and summer climbing gear or excavation gear, foodstuffs, um, there is at least one wagon um, that seems to be selling, for the most part, what you would consider arconic or magical components to those that are innate at the arcane skills. Um, herbs, um, unique-looking uh, flora, um, strange-looking uh, uncut rocks and gemstones, empty ceramic containers and vials, um, very, very kind of like stunning kind of woman that seems to be hawking these wares. Long brown braided hair. She's wearing very simple but very elegant um, finery as her garb. Um, she seems to be elven in appearance, but there's probably a bit of human in there as well. Um, her ears aren't quite as pointy. They're a bit rounded with a bit of edged protrusions underneath her brown hair. Um, she seems to be doing a pretty good clip of business. People are coming and going, either buying herbs or containers or 
other things that she's selling. Those herbs. Do I recognize the plants? Um, you recognize some of them as uh, dried lilac, sage, um, coriander. Uh, Is there anything leaves. that's not native to Vassal uh, or not Vassal? Anything uh, that's not that food related. I would say there's at least six or seven items that look pretty unique, unfamiliar to you. And they're dried flowers for the most part. Can I try and bring them back to life? You can certainly try. <laughs> yes, I would like oh to try. Oh my goodness. Not not in the stall. You have to buy it first. <laughs> don't don't try and no, not not in the stall, honey. Not in the stall. Not until after you've bought it. The Elvin okay, so person notices that Will is staring very intently at these desiccated flowers hanging within the stall. Um, um is there something I can help you with? You She's eyeing Willow with kind of like an intense curiosity. You are very unique in your appearance. You are yes. very unique yourself. So thank you, maybe? I don't don't know. <laughs> Sebastian's fussy tonight. Oh poor baby. It's because we're not there giving him loves. Probably. He misses all the loves and all the attention. No, Sebastian, we love you. He yes. just wants attention. It's because Uncle Ivar's not there. So the ones that she Willow was staring intently at, I'm mm -hmm. going to point at one of them and say, "How much is that?" Um. Oh, the dried lilac and the dried sage interwoven together. Um. I sell those bundles for maybe five silver a piece. Okay, we'll take a bundle of those. Okay. She kind of bags I, up I, a bundle of that, and I, I'm going to take I, it out of the bag and try to bring them back to life it, right there. Later, just just later. Let's, <laughs> let's finish our shopping. What do you mean, bring them back to life? I don't understand what you mean. I I don't, I'm not saying that. I'm just going to try she and do say it. That out loud. But I know what she's going to do because I know Willa. So I said, Willa, later. <laughs> let's let's finish our shopping and then you can play with it. <laughs> Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna look for food stuffs because we don't have the food supplies. That all went with the wagon. Yeah, well, I would say for the trip I would, to Luga, but uh, yeah, I would say you managed to gather up about a week's worth of rations and supplies to make the trip. Mm -hmm. It'll cost okay. you then, uh, four gold. Okay, minus four gold. That would be uh, then, nuts, dried fruits, dried meats. Um, a large tin of preserved sardines um, okay. for for ivory, um, as well as maybe about a hundred pounds of of subsistence style animal grain that could be fed to animals the or even the raptors, because it does. And I, I would say you find more of a meat mixture um, that you can make okay. your own feed for the we raptors. Have we have two extra raptors. We can, you know, make pack animals. Mm -hmm. so I'm not, Fair point. I'm not they could definitely about. carry all the extra weight and supplies that you yeah. try to gather for the trip. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, um, yes. yeah, as you stare at them, they're mostly uncut mineral rocks. 
of various degrees. Some are Jasper and uncut emeralds. Um, some are like uh, very, very rough cut diamonds that have not been um, uh, that have not been refined or or kind of organized. Emeralds, rubies, sapphires, topaz, moonstone, opal, turquoise. Lots of just like haphazardly harvested, like raw minerals. I wonder what would happen if I tried to absorb some of that. What do you mean? Uh, she's just weird. Um, which one do you want, honey? Which one looks like it would be most effective? Like. Diamonds or emeralds? What's what's a strong Let's emerald? Let's go with like the green one. Let's go with the green one. I'll take the green one. How much is the green one? Um, uh, this small uncut uh, emerald stone. Um, that'll be yeah. eighty-five gold, please. Oof! Ouch. Oof! How much gold do I have of Willa's? Well, yeah, I mean, five hundred. Have... Yeah, five hundred gold pieces. If it's a hundred copper, I mean, if it's a hundred platinum. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. No, I thought there were a hundred platinum is. Is, is a um, thousand gold. Oh, a thousand gold. A thousand gold. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Willa didn't have 85 gold. Okay, what one's cheaper? Uh, I have a smaller cut that I can sell you for 30 gold. Willa, do you want to spend all of your money on 30? They're the ice dinosaurs right. swamp thing. The ice raptors from uh, Jurassic Park. Jade, I don't have money. I gave you all my money. I know. Do you I, do you want to spend all of the money that you gave me on on a rock? <laughs> or do you want to buy something else? Yes, she does because she's weird. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> I don't have any money, so <laughs> why would I? <laughs> Let's see. Do I have? Oh, we have. Hmm. I don't need to eat food. You got four minutes. <sighs> oh shit. Okay. It's, a, it's, it's <laughs> take me longer than four minutes to shop. You got four minutes to shop. Okay. Uh, gonna collapse. <laughs> then <laughs> let's come back to this if we have enough after. Okay. I'm gonna keep staring at it as I walk. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, all right. I'm gonna hand her like three platinum. Up. I'm gonna hand her. It's fine. I'm gonna hand her three platinum, and we're gonna get the rock for, for her. Here's here's. <laughs> we'll take the emerald. Thank you. Fair point. She very well. She kind of uh, parchment wraps the small uncut emerald, takes the um, platinum from you, hands you the stone. Yep. I'm going to all contemplate right. this stone. Let's take your. <laughs> it literally fits in the center of the palm of your hand. It's such a small cut. I'm just being ridiculous, you know. The yeah. orb. All right. So we got the food. Now, is there any? Do we need um, warmer clothes or, or bed rolls? Bed rolls. Let's do bed rolls. Blankets. I, because we don't have. Did we have that stuff? Jerry, as you eventually make your way, are you going to the guild house or looking for them? No, I'm just going to the guild house. Okay, so you head over to the guild house. I'd say it takes you about another hour, Jaden Willa, to gather up all the travel equipment that you need. 
Um, okay. I would say bed rolls, backpacks, um, ropes, tentage, anything you might need that could be packed. We don't need a the, tent. I guess. Well, yeah. but just in case you do, it's all kind of sold okay. as a single kind of single use item. Um, and okay. you've got the two raptors that can bear them. Um, right. So I would say 12 gold later, you gather up all the equipment that you need okay. because the season's in transition. Um, because the season's in transition, <laughs> you begin to realize that a lot of people are unloading things that they just don't no longer need for the season. Okay. So oh, Sebastian for... recognizes her. It's like, I know who that is. That's the person that walks me. Carries me. Uh -huh. <laughs> he, he can't really hear you because you're in my headset. <laughs> he just said hi. <laughs> so with that, you guys gather up the necessary equipment, gather back at the guild house to be able to take your long rest before setting off on your next journey. Now, here's the thing. Mm. Making it back to Gawick mm. um, is a milestone. Oh, my God. Mm. So no. we can think about that for our next session yeah. as yeah. we kind of finish our session now. At the beginning of Monday's session, we're all no. here back in the studio, hopefully. No. We can work on that Did next Did you just milestone. get back-to-back -back milestones? That's awesome. No. You did. You did. And that's mostly because you cut the path. You found... The stone. Uh, I wasn't sure if you're gonna. That's gonna be the destruction of the entire world. <laughs> we just don't know yet. We took, we took it from its resting place. But what I'm gonna use it for, basically, what it's used for now is it's gonna be my pack wrapped in like some wool, and I'm gonna put my water bottle on it to keep my water cold. <laughs> <laughs> you use it as a giant permanent ice cube. Yeah, it's just like a, a giant permanent. Oh, you, oh, your wine's warm here. Just dip it in. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us tonight. We really do appreciate it. It's almost ten o'clock. Thanks, Vince, for the for the donations. Thanks, Swapping Paradox, and everybody for hanging out. <laughs> A couple of our other newer viewers, a very excited son who's happy because he means he gets to go home, go to bed. He gets booby. He gets fresh diaper. All the things oh, that make four months. I want a fresh diaper. <laughs> I want a fresh diaper and booty. He's getting so big. He is getting big, isn't he? All right, everybody. Thank you for coming out. We will be back here tomorrow night with Denizens and their masters. Uh, take a visit at our at our Discord, our socials. Come and give us a follow as we got lots of stuff going on. Uh, congratulations to our final winners. Um, of the, the dice books, shirts, and miniatures. Very happy for them. Everybody else, thank you so much, and we'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. See you.